It's football time in the Mid-South. Live on the Mighty 990, your home for the Briarcrest Saints. It's the Magnolia Homes pregame show. Magnolia Homes, live life well. Now, from the Mighty 990 Broadcast Center, here's Josh Rivera. Week six for Friday Night Lights here in Memphis. And tonight, Josh Davis and Parker May are in are live in Clayton Field as the Briarcrest Saints take on the Wooddale Cardinals. This is the Mighty 990 pregame show sponsored by Magnolia Homes. Live life well. And uh, welcome, guys, to another week here of football. And, yeah, six weeks in, and Briarcrest has another game tonight. They're going to be playing Wooddale. Uh, but this does come after a brutal loss last week to Christian Brothers. We're looking at a fourth consecutive game where they were down out the half having to rally back in the game in the second half. Again, this has been one of the points that I've made for Briarcrest, and they haven't been able to uh, make that change. Hopefully tonight it'll be a little bit easier for them to make that change. Uh, It worked against Houston, again, in a one-point victory a couple weeks ago, back in week two, but not in the last three games. So it's been the same situation against Brentwood Academy, DeSoto Central, and Christian Brothers. They came pretty close last week. The thing is they couldn't limit... Uh, they couldn't limit their turnovers. They couldn't make plays, and uh, their defense uh, just could not make enough plays to get over the hump. They only lost by four points, but it just wasn't enough. And the question has to be asked: You know, last week was their homecoming game. Why wasn't uh, tonight their homecoming? You know, it's it's a it's it was a rivalry last week. I understand that, but you don't want to lose in your homecoming game. So, eh, you know, kind of rough. You know, losing in front of uh, all your fans and all the people that have been there uh, years past, losing in front of them on homecoming night. It's tough. But tonight. They're going to be playing against uh, Wooddale, and they look to even their record with a win. You're looking at a Briarcrest team that's fell off pretty much most rankings. You know, last year they were nine and one in the regular season, winning nine of those straight. And now you're looking at two and three in their record. It wasn't even until the day before Halloween. We're talking October 29th, uh, right around Halloween, when they got their first loss. It's September, and they're at three right now. For Wooddale, though. I know they're an average team. Last year they were four and four, and this season they haven't even recorded their first win. So I want to go a little bit deeper into the Cardinals just real quick. Uh, we're scoreless all season. Uh, they they were scoreless all season uh, until getting six points last week versus Kirby. They've allowed a total of 194 points in only five games and only scored six themselves. So you're looking at a pretty bad offense and a pretty bad defense as well. And they might just go winless for the rest of the season. I mean, you're looking. At, I'm looking at some of the teams that they're playing uh, for the rest of their of their schedule. And you're looking at Melrose. You're looking at Craigmont. Both who are currently undefeated. Of course, that's for right now. I don't know what it's going to be like when they play them. But as of right now, those are two undefeated teams. Some of the keys, just real quick, before I jump into my interview with John Varlis, who's on the phone, who will be on the phone in just a bit. The quick keys for Briarcrest is they have to secure an early lead. Again, this is the same point I've had. Uh, now four games where they've been down at the half having to crawl back from a deficit. A 2-4 and four drop would be a disaster after having a pretty great season, all things considered, last year. Limit the turnovers again against DeSoto Central. They had over seven, uh, and it's just been really rough for them. Uh, and you cannot assume an easy win. Although Wooddale is winless right now, the Saints do play MUS next week, and they cannot get lazy this game. They need to use this momentum uh, to carry them against the Owls. You don't want to drop uh, this game and then have bad habits when you go play uh, a good team in MUS. This is the pregame show. Magnolia Homes Live Life Well. I want to thank that sponsor. And on the phone with me right now, I have John Varlis, who is the high school sports reporter for the Daily Memphian. And John, thank you for joining the show. Happy Friday, Josh. Thank you for having me. Of course. And I guess we'll jump into Briarcrest. I was just talking about them. They went 9-1 and one in the regular season last year. They won nine straight to start the season. Yet, they're sitting in a 2-3 and three hole already in September. What's going on with this Saints team? 
Well, it's a, that's a good question, Josh, because I, I had them ranked number two in, this, in my preseason poll. I thought they would be really, really good this year, considering you know all the talent they had coming back and, and strength in so many different positions. Um, you know, I, it, it's hard it's hard to say. Obviously, Brentwood Academy is a good team. I think DeSoto Central. I think if they don't turn the ball over seven times, they they probably win that game. And then you know, Christian Butters last week can go. It could have gone either way, I guess. But I mean, it's, it's it's tough. It's a tough situation, and you know now there's a a change at quarterback, so we're going to have to see how Kay Carlson is going to do for the rest of the year. But you know, obviously, there's still lots of talent on that team. Plenty of great great receivers to throw to. Really good offensive line, and, and hopefully they can get things figured out. I I heard your uh, your preview, and I, I think if they if they struggle against Wooddale tonight, I think that's a sign of real real significant trouble, and I don't think that's going to happen. Exactly, it, it's it'd be a really tough hole to recover from. Uh, given all that they had in the success of last year. But uh, also, I want to pivot a little bit to Houston High School, and I want to center in a little bit on one of their players, Brock Weiss, who's kind of caught my attention these last couple games. He's six foot ten, which just stands out. I mean, that's just a cheat code uh, for, the, for, for the Mustangs. He's one of the leaders in the TSSAA for total receiving touchdowns with eight, yet he's only seventh in total catches. He only has 19. How special is Vice for this Mustangs program? And is he the X factor in their match tonight against Germantown? Who's undefeated? Well, he... Yeah, no, he's a really good high school uh, wide receiver. I mean, he, he's going to play uh, basketball in, in college at, at St. Louis University. You know, obviously 6'10", he's a, a really talented basketball player as well. I mean, it's interesting. You know, he, he played for uh, Houston when he was a sophomore, and they kind of used him in, you know, specialized situations. Like when they got down near the goal line, you know, they would throw the corner out for him and, and you know, have him go up there and get him. And he was fairly effective but and, and he did not play as a junior so he's come back for his senior year you know just wanting to play and be with the guys and, and his dad is one of the assistant coaches so he wants to be with his dad too but he's really blossomed and developed into you know more of a complete receiver and like you say he's got eight touchdowns which is uh you know among the leaders in the state and in, in receiving touchdowns and, and he's just yeah i mean at 610 and he's athletic too he weighs 220 pounds um, you know, so, he, you know, he's not, he's not a, a stiff out there. He can move and, you know, he's tough as well. And, you know, obviously, I mean, you know, you guys see high school defensive backs and, you, and they're not anywhere near 6'10". And, and when you got a guy like that that can just go up and get it, I mean, it, it is a very, very effective weapon. That's exactly right. And then also looking at uh, teams like Houston that's battling for that, you know, big top spot, also Germantown. Some of the neck-and-neck teams uh, also in the conversation, Mumford, Germantown, Collierville, they're among the notable favorites. Which team can you see being upset tonight? Well, that's a good question. I, I mean, I, I think Houston-Germantown is going to be a pretty close game. It seems like it seems like every game with Germantown is close because yeah. their, you know, their, their defense has been outstanding all year, but their, their offense is you know, not, not quite caught up to the defense just yet. And I think the coaching staff is really – really waiting for that to happen and really waiting for this team to put a complete game together. I mean, they haven't done that yet, but they're still 5-0. and So that's, you know, that's kind of scary for future Germantown opponents. So I, I think Houston has a good chance. I mean, Houston put 42 points on, on Whitehaven last week, and, and that was really significant. So that's going to be a close game. I, I think uh, I think Collierville and, and Whitehaven, I think I think uh, Whitehaven's obviously a little down. They're, they're in the same situation as Briarcrest. They won the first two, and then they've lost three in a row. So I, th- I think Collierville Bill will go in there and, and take care of business against Whitehaven, and, and I think Munford's going to keep on rolling uh, in Dyer County tonight. 
Yeah, and I mean, speaking of Carville, they've had a pretty easy schedule so far, in my opinion. And the five teams they've played have all been wins. They've all had, you know, teams they've played have all had losing records. So do the Dragons still deserve to be in that top five, top three category, still considering, you know, the easy matchups they've had? That's a good question, and you're exactly right about the schedule. It's about to get a lot tougher, and they know that. But, I mean, you know, you can... You know, I mean, when you when you have teams on your schedule that you're, you know, supposedly, you know, better than and, and, and favored to beat, I mean, you go out there and take care of business, and that's what Collierville's done. Now, by by the same token, when they when they, you know, they play Germantown tonight, it's going to be a physical game. I mean, Germantown. I mean, excuse me, they play Whitehaven tonight. It's going to be physical. You know, Whitehaven is a, is a, a tough, tough opponent. They're a great traditional program, and and even though they're scuffling a little bit right now, I mean, you know, it, it's going to be a battle. So. I think this game will be a, a, a pretty good indication of, of where Collierville stands, even though uh, Whitehaven, you know, like you say, does have a losing record like the other teams Collierville play. That's right, and I'm excited. You know, we have, you know, we're getting closer to the playoffs. The weather's getting a little colder, so I'm excited to see how the rest of the season goes. And, uh, John, what game are you at tonight? I'm actually at MUS. Uh, it's going to be, uh, well, if if MUS wins, and they, they, uh, they should take care of business against Ridgeway. It's going to be, the uh, 200th victory for uh, for Coach Alston. So yeah. it's a big night here at MUS. It's homecoming, and uh, Coach Alston would be the just the seventh coach in uh, our area to get to 200 victories, and that's a tremendous milestone. So, so if the Owls take care of business, we're gonna we're gonna you know shine a spotlight on them and Coach Alston tonight. All right. Well, thank you, John, for joining the show. I always love getting uh, your insight, and of course, we'll always be listening uh, for and watching for for all your updates and scores from around the city. Uh, tonight. So anyways, John, have a great night and uh, I'll hear back from you later. Okay. You take care too, buddy. Have a great night with uh, Briarcrest. Of course. All right, guys. That was John Varlis. I want to thank him for joining the show. He's always a great person to go to for analysis in high school sports. And when we come back, I actually have a new guest, Matt Infield. He's actually the sports uh, sports anchor and reporter for WMC Action News 5. Uh, first time on the show. I'm excited to talk to him, get some of his insight uh, as the first year in his first year here in Memphis. We'll have all of that when we come back with this break. Now, back to the Magnolia Homes pregame show with Josh Rivera. Welcome, welcome back, guys, to the pregame show here on the Mighty 990. This is the pregame show sponsored by Magnolia Homes, Live Life Well. And tonight, uh, Briarcrest is going to be playing Wooddale. Uh, should be a pretty big game uh, for Briarcrest. They're trying to get back on their winning streaks. They're two and three right now. They're hoping to get back to even their record against a winless Wooddale. Uh, and tonight, we actually have a new guest. We have Matt Infield. He's a sports anchor and reporter for WMC Action News 5. And uh, I want to thank you, uh, Matt, for joining the show. Yeah, thanks. Thanks for having me, Josh. Look forward to this. And uh, yeah, it should be a good night of uh, good night of football all the way across the Memphis area. That's right. And I understand this is actually your first year covering sports in Memphis for Channel 5. Uh, what has been your first couple impressions covering high school football, specifically in Memphis? Man, it, yeah, it's been fun. Uh, you know, I, I knew that the talent level, my, my previous job was in small town Wisconsin, and with all due respect, I, I had a lot of fun covering high school football up there, but I knew that the talent level here was going to be up a little bit, and that has certainly proven to be true. There have been great players across both sides of the ball that I've been really impressed with. To be honest, we've had some awesome uh, our games of the week on Channel 5, uh, we've gotten pretty lucky. We had the Germantown-Whitehaven uh, game in week three, I think it was, where both teams scored touchdowns in the final minute, and then Germantown won it on a hook and ladder with 15 seconds left. Uh, 
Germantown has got a team here. Uh, they were our game of the week last week against Bartlett, 17-16 win, which came down to the last couple of minutes. And I am currently outside of Germantown Stadium tonight for an all-Germantown battle with Houston. So, yeah, it's been fun. There have been some really good players, some really awesome games, and some incredible environments. So, no complaints. Yeah, and last week, I mean, you just mentioned it yourself. You were actually covering Germantown and Bartlett uh, as one of your games of the week. And what were some of the things that stuck out to you in that matchup between two very impressive programs? Yeah, I, I, I had never seen Bartlett before, so I wasn't quite sure what to expect. I, I knew what the record was. They came in 3-1. So, you know, but it's early this season. You never quite know if that 3-1 is masked by teams and maybe aren't so good. But, no, they were they were every bit their record, as was obviously Germantown, uh, moved to 5-0 in that game. And, I mean, uh, Keon Thrillkill on Germantown just had one of the most incredible punt return touchdowns that you'll ever see. But uh, really what stuck out was, you know, both teams scored two touchdowns in the first half, and then it was a defensive slugfest basically the rest of the way. Uh, the only score from there was a field goal and a safety, which is kind of what you expect from good teams. You know, they, they bring out their best stuff in their opening scripts early in the game, and then defenses make adjustments a lot of the time, and uh, it's, it's a struggle the rest of the way. But, you know, the thing about Germantown under Gene Robinson, that's impressed me is that they won in a bunch of different ways. Actually, I covered their I covered their season opening game, which was a Saturday night against Christian Brothers. I left because I was anchoring that night, and they were down 17 nothing. I think, at halftime, or they were down 17 nothing when I left, and they came back to win 26-23 or something like that, the Whitehaven game, and then last week. You know, there's something to be said. It might not always be a blowout, but there's something to be said at the end of every night when you're on top. I think that says a lot about the, resi- the resiliency and the character that that team has. So they've been impressive. Yeah, well, speaking of Germantown, I mean, there's several other undefeated teams. You have Mumford, you have Collierville, and, uh, and also even Melrose, Craigmont, some of those teams that we didn't see coming. Uh, but, you know, I, I know Germantown's had a lot of really impressive wins. Is that enough to make them the best team uh, in football right now? I think, in my opinion, the best team that I've seen, now I, I did get to one Mumford game, uh, their very first game of the season um, at Covington. They were impressive, i say, for about a half. From what I've seen week in and week out, it's hard to say that it's someone other than Collierville at the moment. I mean, they are just, they're just steamrolling teams week in and week out. You know, like I said, like there's something to be said for a team like Germantown finding a way every week, but there is also what a team is, blowing out the opposition every single week the way that Collierville has been. Um, that, I think, is a pretty telltale sign that they're the real deal. Their, their quarterback, Aiden Glover, um, looks every bit the star that he seems like week in and week out. Uh, they've had some incredible defensive plays. Um, I, I, I don't know the exact number of points they've given up this year. I want to say it's like 21 or something like that. Um, and then their, their point differential is way up there, so... If you were to ask me right now, I would say it's them. Uh, I, I've not seen every team in the area, but from my observations, i got, I got to give them the nod. And lastly, I see that you're actually a big baseball fan too, and I'm just curious, have you had a chance to visit a Redbirds game at AutoZone Park yet? Yes, actually, the first weekend I moved here, uh, my dad, so my, it's funny, my dad actually works for uh, Orgill based out of Collierville remotely, but uh, it makes it easy for my parents to get down here. My first weekend that I was here, I went to a Redbirds game. They were actually facing uh, the National Sounds, and Brandon Woodruff, who was an all-star for the Brewers, was pitching that night. I've covered a couple of other games. I did a story with Paul DeYoung, which is really cool. And then we got to cover Yadier Molina's rehab appearance here 
Um, obviously, that's a Cardinal legend, a guy that's going to have a statue outside of uh, Bush Stadium one day in, in his final, most likely his final appearance in Memphis. So, uh, yes, I, I've been to AutoZone Park many times before, and uh, that's been really cool to cover as well. That's good. Yeah, I just I just wanted to make sure you were integrated into the city. You know, we also have the Memphis Tigers football. We also have 901 FC, and you're a big, big sports guy, and we have a lot to offer. So I just want to make sure, you know, that you've had all the chances, you know, to, to catch up on everything that's going on in the city. But, Matt, thank you for joining the show. I really appreciate you coming out, you know, spending some time with me and, and just talking some sports. Uh, I just thank you for joining the show. Yeah, you bet, Josh. Have a good Friday night, all right? Of course. You too. All right, that was Matt Infield. He is a sports anchor and reporter for WMC Action News 5. A great guest. And when we come back, I'm going to go through just a couple key notable games going on in the Mid-South that I think you need to know about, that we need to talk about. Uh, and then we'll throw it to Josh Davis and Parker May for the play-by-play as the Briarcrest Saints play the Wooddale Cardinals. We'll be uh, back after these messages. Your exclusive source for high school sports coverage, the Mighty 990. Now, back to the Magnolia Homes pregame show with Josh Rivera. Welcome back, guys, to the pregame show here at the Mighty 990 Studios. This is the pregame show sponsored by Magnolia Homes. Live life well. And, uh, yeah, I talked to Matt Infield. I talked to John Varley. So we had great insight. And I want to get into my insight a little bit, too, about what's going on in the Mid-South regarding high school football. And we talked about Houston. We talked about Germantown. They're going to be facing off. These are some of the biggest teams in Memphis right now. And you're looking at Houston uh, that beat Whitehaven last week 42-7. to The only loss they've had was against Briarcrest in Week 2. I bet you they wish they won that game because they'd be looking at a 5-0 and start themselves. That's pretty tough. But lost, they lost last year uh, to Germantown 25-21. to So this is going to be a really big game. Uh, both teams, Germantown looking to continue their undefeated streak. Houston hoping to not fall to a 4-2 uh, record. Although it's not, you know, that's not terrible. Uh, but five and one seems a lot better for them. Last year, though, for Germantown, or for uh, yeah, they had a six and five overall record. Or I'm sorry, for uh, for Houston, they had a six and five overall record. They started three and two in the first five games. However, this year they're now four and one, so it is a better improved team. Uh, this team has started out well for the most part, uh, except for that one loss. But even then, that was a close game. So. It could have been better if they had just pulled that one out. I think they are pretty impressed so far with this season regarding last year. Uh, last week versus Whitehaven, you're looking at Houston. Chandler Day, a really impressive line uh, stat line. He had 266 yards. He completed 14 out of 20 passes, and he threw for three touchdowns. And, and then his his co-partner, Damon Zisa, the running back, he ran for 96 yards. He had two rushing touchdowns. And I talked with John Varlis about Brock Weiss. They're 6'10". 6'10" wide receiver. He's he, he caught for 132 yards. He had three touchdowns. And to me, the most impressive part about this was he had all of that in just seven catches. Uh, this kid is a cheat code. Uh, he's actually a basketball player. He actually took one of his years off to, to, to focus on basketball and he came back and he's just wrecking. So that three player tandem uh, is going to be really crucial for them against Germantown. And then if you zero in on Germantown, to me, this is the most impressive five-game stretch in Memphis. You're looking at wins versus Christian Brothers, MUS, Whitehaven, and even last week versus Bartlett. They beat them 17-16. to This is a Germantown team that's been in my top three discussion for many weeks. And now they're many people's best team in Memphis. And if you looked at when they played Bartlett last week, which a lot of reporters were at covering the game, uh, this is a, Panther, a Bartlett Panthers team that missed the field goal to tie the game in the fourth quarter. But right when you know they were about to lose that game, they blocked Germantown's punt, and they ran it back for a safety, making it only a one-point game. And then when the Panthers got the ball back to try to win the game, 
Germantown intercepted the ball to seal that win. So it was only a one-point victory, but a really impressive win by Germantown, adding yet another team to that list of really impressive wins. Uh, to me, Germantown is their be- is the best team in high school football in Memphis right now. And one of the other teams is Mumford, who has a big game against Dyer County. Uh, a lot of people's number one team, they beat Overton. Uh, they're uh, beating them uh, with 61 points. That's the most they've had since 71. Uh, Collierville, they're looking to play uh, Whitehaven and improving to 6-0. and You're looking at a good Collierville team uh, that has actually had a lot of easy wins. They've played a lot of teams that haven't really had a lot of winning records. However, the real challenge starts in the second half of the season uh, for the for the, for Collierville, uh, and then for Whitehaven, they started out strong at two and zero with a combined score of eighty four and zero in just two games. However, then the next three games they allowed one hundred eight points in three consecutive losses. One hundred eight points, it's over forty points a game, pretty much, and the season is just slipping. Uh, they've beat the easy teams. However, they've lost to pretty much every winning team. Lausanne, Bartlett, Melrose, big games for each. Lausanne's going to be playing Humboldt. I expect a win for them. Humboldt's only 1-3. Uh, Lausanne is still one of the top teams in the league right now. Bartlett and White Station, uh, they're going to be playing as well. Bartlett hoping to jump to a 4-2 and two start. They're 3-2 and two right now. Again, they had a tough loss to Germantown. And White Station, really, really rough start to the season so far under first-year coach Conley. Melrose, one of the undefeated teams I mentioned earlier. They're going to be playing Haywood, who's also undefeated. Uh, uh, Melrose, they've had four straight wins, a big improvement from last year. Uh, and now they have a chance to improve to 5-0. and But they got to get through Haywood first. And they got to get their revenge on Haywood because Haywood actually beat them in division playoffs last year. Uh, and if you look at Haywood, they're also, they went undefeated last year in the regular season. Uh, so this is going to be a tough game for Melrose uh, for both teams, really. Both hoping to start 5-0. and MUS and Ridgeway should be an easy win for MUS. They're 3-2, and but Ridgeway hasn't even got a win yet. Central and Southwind, two impressive teams. Central 3-2, and two, Southwind 4-1. and one. Uh, We'll see what happens with that game, although Central actually or Southwind actually lost to Central last year, 55-6, uh, looking to change the script tonight. And then some of the last notable games, Craigmont, they're 5-0, their first 4-0 start uh, since 2014. I'm sorry, they're, they're 4-0 right now, their best start since 2014, and if they win tonight, it would be their best start in 26 years. So really great for Craigmont. Christian Brothers, they're 3-2. They had a big win last week versus Briarcrest. Fairly, they're 5-0. They had a big win last year against who they're playing tonight, Oakhaven. Um, MASE, they're 4-0. Four straight shutouts. Not a single team has scored against them all year long. Granted, they're, they all have been pretty eh, bad teams. Ensworth, Nashville team, they're, based, they're playing St. Benedict tonight. And against all Memphis teams, they're actually undefeated. Uh, they're looking to make uh, St. Benedict the fourth team in the Memphis area uh, as a win. Uh, but pretty much uh, a lot of a big lineup for tonight. I think uh, a lot of rankings are going to be switched around by the end of the night. And I'm excited for that. Uh, but that has concluded tonight's pregame show sponsored by Magnolia Homes. Live life well. And we come back, Josh Davis and Parker May are going to lead our play-by-play coverage. This has been the Mighty 990 pregame show. Uh, and we're going to lead right into the play-by-play coverage powered by EPM Appraisals, evaluating property in the Mid-South after this commercial break. Live on the Mighty 990 KWAM, it's football time in Memphis. We're the Briarcrest Saints, powered by EPM Appraisals, evaluating property in the Mid-South. Briarcrest football, built on a firm foundation of faith, excellence, tradition, perseverance, teamwork. Christ-centered athletes of character. We are Briarcrest. Let's play some football. Now, live from high atop Clayton Field in the Ray Mullins Press Box, the Mighty 990 presents your Game of the Week. Here's Josh Davis and Parker May. 
Good evening, everybody, and welcome to Joseph Clayton Field here on the campus of Briarcrest Christian School, where tonight the Briarcrest Saints will be taking on the Wooddale Cardinals. I'm Josh Davis, joined by Parker May. Parker, you have breaking news every week for us on quarterback. What you got for us tonight? Yeah, Josh, another breaking news quarterback's position this week. Cade Carlson, starting quarterback for us this season, has been ruled out with a back injury. Back spasms is the cause of that. So Blake Clarkson, who has not taken a snap at quarterback yet this season, was the backup last season for J.D. Sherrod. He will get the start tonight against the Wooddale Cardinals as we're just ready to go here at Clayton Field. Wooddale will receive to start the game. Yeah, we're uh, going very quickly here tonight. It is a beautiful fall night here at Joseph Clayton Field. A nice crowd on hand. It is the Briarcrest homecoming game, and so Cooper Allen is getting ready to kick it off for Briarcrest. And as Parker mentioned, Wooddale will be receiving. Allen lines it up, and he will kick it off, and we are underway tonight. It's a low-line drive kick, but it'll go all the way into the end zone, so Wooddale will take it first down and 10 from the 20-yard line. And I know, Parker, you like to see those deep kicks. Absolutely. I'd rather him just do that every time because we know he has the ability to do that. And I think, for me, the keys to the game for the Briarcrest Saints, you got to make the game easy for your quarterback, Blake Clarkson. We'll see the defense out first, but make the game easy for him, establish the run, and my key for the defense, get off the field on third down. We've seen them struggle with that the past couple weeks. They can get off the field on third down. They'll be in a great shape for tonight. So Wooddale breaks the huddle. They will line up at their quarterback is number seven, Eric McNeil. And in running back, they've got DeAndra James, number three. And so they will get the ball first. Being Woodell, they're going to hand it up the middle to James, and he is going to go nowhere. He'll be tackled at the line of scrimmage by a whole host of Briarcrest Saints. Yeah, great job by the Saints really taking advantage of that run, and that's what Wooddale likes to do. They ran the ball 27 times two weeks ago against Bolton. They are a very run-heavy team. Past couple weeks combined, almost 50 run plays. Wow. You, you've done your research. <laughs> and it's not easy to find information on some of these teams, but you, so you had to do a little digging to find out about Wooddale. A little Wooddale. digging, watch a little bit of film, but we're ready. There we go. All right, second down and 10, ball still at the 20-yard line. This is the second play from scrimmage. Briarcrest, four down linemen, four linebackers, three defensive backs. This time the quarterback will keep the ball. He's running around the ends trying to find somebody. Max Carroll just easily pushes him out of bounds. That's actually going to be a loss all the way back to the 15-yard line. Great job by Max Carroll staying with it and following the quarterback all the way and forcing him out of bounds to the sideline. So forcing a huge third and about 14 here for the Cardinals start this game. So third and long for Woodale. They have, as uh, Parker has mentioned, they've struggled a little bit offensively this year. As a matter of fact, they have scored a grand total of six points in five football games. Yeah, it's really struggling offense so far. They've given up 194 points on the other end of that, so not great. But they should have been a promise on the offensive side last week against Kirby. We were able to move the ball pretty well, especially in that second half. So they break the huddle, and they're going to come up and line up. Once again, their quarterback is Eric McNeil, number seven. He's only got two seconds left on the play clock, and he is not going to get the playoff, so that's going to be a five-yard penalty against the Cardinals, and they will move it back. Now, they must have called timeout right at the last second. Okay. So there's a timeout on the field. We'll take one along with them. You're listening to Brian Crest Football here on the Mighty 990 KWAM. Okay, we are back at Joseph Clayton Field. We are just underway in the uh, ball game between Briarcrest and Woodale. It's 10 minutes and 19 seconds ago in the first quarter. 
So far, the Cardinals have run two plays. They've gone backwards five yards. So it'll be third down and about 15 for the Cardinals. Briar Crest, four down linemen, three linebackers, four DBs. They're bringing a big rush this time. Got the quarterback under pressure. He rolls away from it. Now he's going to run the football. He's up to the 15. He's up to about the 16, 17, and then he's smothered by the Briar Crest defense at that point. There it is, John Richard. Another tackle for loss for him. Fantastic week. Last week, my player of the week with 14 tackles, including a tackle for loss. Moved up his season total tackles to 36, which is the team leader. Wow, 36. We nicknamed him the machine last week. He's just like a tackling machine. Seems to always find the football make a big play. So Wooddale will punt the ball away. Their punter, number 23, Adam Hagamamara. I have no idea if that's right, but uh, that's what we're going to go with. Low snap. He does get the kick away. It's a very short kick. It's going to land at about the 35, going to bounce almost to the 40, and then go out of bounds at the 39-yard line. So the Saints, Parker, going to get excellent field position here on their first possession. Yeah, great field position for Blake Clarkson, the senior quarterback, making his first start of the season. Started one game last year as a quarterback battle between Sherrod and him in the first couple games. But huge chance for him tonight on homecoming night while Carlson – he was up for his back injury ahead of the huge test against MUS next week. So first and 10 for Briarcrest. Ball is spotted on the 39-yard line. That is the Briarcrest 39-yard line. So Wooddale lines up with four down linemen, three linebackers, four DBs. Saints have three wideouts to the left, one to the right. Snap to Clarkson. Oh, he's going to give it to Salim, but Salim immediately fumbles the football, and it looks like Woodale has fallen on it, and they have. So the Cardinals get a turnover there uh, right on the 40-yard line. And, Parker, I guess when you have a new quarterback in, that's the type of things you might see. Yeah, it's really confusing circumstances there. Not sure if it's on the quarterback or the running back. It kind of looked like it slips out of Salim's hands. But one of those things you don't know who your quarterback is going to be. It was kind of like a – Decision that they made yesterday that Clarkson's going to be quarterback. Not a lot of practice reps for him with the first string this week. So either way, a huge chance for the Window Cardinals to capitalize. They got pretty good field position here on their own 40-yard line. Yeah, Brian Crest played a pretty clean game last week against Christian Brothers, uh, but uh, turned it over on the very first play uh, here tonight. So here comes Woodell up to the line of scrimmage. Briarcrest, four down linemen, three linebackers, four defensive backs. They're going to hand it off up the middle. Got a little bit of running room this time, and he will lunge forward to about the 43-yard line. That'll be a pickup of three for the Cardinals. Yeah, much better job there by the Cardinals, and number three on the carry, DeAndre James. Their sophomore running back there. Nice gain of three, so three yards of second and seven as their quarterback, McNeil, goes to the sideline to get the play call. Lots of homecoming festivities here at the campus. I see a lot of folks up in the Cox Room. I see a big crowd down in the on the track down there uh, getting ready for the halftime festivities. Had a nice crowd over at the Commons for the uh, barbecue dinner for the alumni earlier. So Woodale is going to be second down and seven ball on the 43. They're going to give it to the man in motion. There's already a penalty flag down. Play didn't work anyway. As a matter of fact, he may have at, at best got back to the line of scrimmage. Penalty will be on the Cardinals. It's going to be an illegal shift. Penalty was declined as Woodell actually lost a yard on that play, so that will bring up third down and eight for the Cardinal. Yeah, huge chance here for the Saints to get off the field. It's really the thing, as I said, we've been struggling right. the past couple weeks. We want to get off third down, especially against Christian Brothers. So third down and eight. Woodale has uh, 
two wide outs. They have two men kind of playing the H-back position. They're running back in the game. They're going to fake it to the man in motion. Quarterback's going to keep the ball. He's going to try to get to the edge, and he does get to the edge and picks up a couple of yards, but he's going to be well short of the first down. Great job by Devin Johnson coming in from the opposite side, playing defensive back, making the tackle there on the quarterback on the option play. Sets up a fourth and about six here. Yeah, and they may just uh, leave the offense on the field. Uh, gained a couple of yards on that play. They're bringing a couple of new players in, getting the play from the sidelines. Woodale, just like Christian Brothers last week, they, they take their time. They're a little methodical. So they are going to go for it here on fourth down and six. The ball is at the 44-yard line. Excuse me, I said 49 before. They tried to get Brian Crest to jump. There was some movement, but actually Woodale is going to call timeout. So there is a timeout on the field. We will take one as well. You're listening to Briarcrest Football here on the Mighty 990 KWAM. A really smart bank lets its customers do the talking. In bigger banks, you get lost in the shuffle. Here, that, that's not the case. When you walk in, everybody knows who you are. She knows my name, and I know her name. I think this bank has personality. I tell everyone about it. They think independently, and they allow people to realize their dreams. I see myself still with Independent Bank in 10 years. Isn't it time you switched to Independent Bank? Independence to me is freedom. Independent Bank. Locally owned and FDIC insured. We're back at Joseph Clayton Field. We just had a – Wooddale just took their second time out. They are back out on the field. Briarcrest trots back out there as well. So they're going forward. It's going to be fourth down and about six. It's at the 44-yard line. They've got to get it right to the 50. They're going to fake the handoff, going to drop back under tremendous pressure, going to be sacked way back inside the 30-yard line. That's the quarterback, number seven, Eric McNeil, and he really never had a chance, Parker. Yeah, never had a chance. And what a play by Logan Taylor, the senior linebacker, who was out for, uh, because of a shoulder injury last week, making a big player out there on the second drive of the game. Great field position once again for Blake Clarkson in the offense. So this will be Briarcrest's second play from scrimmage uh, once they run it. Uh, they were actually they're going to put the ball right at the 30-yard line, but they were uh, fumbled it the very first time. It was looked like a little bit of a, you know, just a getting the ball to Salim. It wasn't very clean, but let's see what happens this time. The Saints are lined up with three wide outs. They are going to pass the ball this time. It's going to be caught, 13. It's up to the 25. He'll get it down. Inside the 25, close to the 20-yard line, that's Caleb Donaldson. First catch of the night for Caleb Donaldson after a very solid week last week. Four catches for 51 yards. His 13th catch of the season, that one was just past. He's getting close to 200 total yards for the season. So that'll be a pickup of eight. It's going to be second down and two for Briarcrest. They are already knocking on the door. The Salim gets the handoff this time. He's got a nice hole up the middle. He bursts a nice burst of speed. He's going to be tackled, though, at about just looks like just inside the 10-yard line, but that will be a Briarcrest first down. Yeah, great job of that right side of the offensive line. Cage Shivers and Nate Bledsoe creating a huge hole for Salim to run through, picking up a huge gain, setting up right about first and goal. Yeah, first down right at the 10-yard line for the Saints. Clarkson going to roll out, looking into the end zone, still looking. He may run the ball. He will. He's past the 10, down to about the 6-yard line. About a 3- or 4-yard gain for Blake that time. Smart play by Clarkson there, taking himself. Didn't have anything open. Didn't want to force the ball downfield in the end zone. Picks up about 4, and now there's an injured Cardinal player right there on the opposite sideline. There are five minutes and 54 seconds left to go in the first quarter. The score is 0-0. Zero zero. Briarcrest fumbled on their first offensive play, but uh, 
Woodale was unable to do anything with it. Now Briarcrest has got the ball back after a uh, after Woodale tried to go for it on fourth down, and the Saints are down knocking on the door. Which uh, football game are you watching tomorrow? I'm interested in the Tennessee game. Yeah. Interested to see how they respond. Huge chance for Florida, too, to kind of bounce back as well. Looks like we're ready to go. Looks like the injured player was number one, Toronto Myers, for the Cardinals. So we are ready to go. The ball is spotted at about the five or six-yard line. Snap is back. Clarkson's going to throw it this time. He throws it to Linder. Linder catches it. He's going to go upfield. He's going to go easily into the end zone. A Briarcrest touchdown. Reed Linder scores very easily. Six to nothing, Saints. Great job by Linder's first touchdown of the season, which is hard to believe considering yeah. he's second in the whole Memphis area in total receptions. That was his 28th catch of the season, and that right there puts him in a tie for the career receptions mark in Briarcrest school history. Yeah, with Bradley Ellis, who was a great player here. So uh, Reed Linder uh, setting the record, or at least tying the record for now. So now into the game for Briarcrest, Cooper Allen. Clarkson will be holding. Bramlett will be snapping. Snaps back kick is up and the kick is good so with five minutes and 38 seconds to go in the first quarter Briarcrest leads seven to nothing we'll be back with Briarcrest football in just a minute here on the mighty 990 KWAM Magnolia Homes is your local luxury home builder in the Memphis area. Magnolia Homes is committed to their slogan, Live Life Well, and pledge their attention to the curated design and personalized features that reflect distinctive taste. They pledge their attention to craftsmanship, originality, superior materials, and dedication to their homeowner's total satisfaction. Celebrating 35 years, Magnolia Homes is a locally family-owned business by Karen Garner and Reggie Garner Jr. Explore their six communities with five furnished models. Click yourmagnoliahome.com for more info. Okay, we're back at Briarcrest. The Saints just took the lead, 7 to nothing, On a pass catch by Reed Linder from about the five-yard line, he easily got in and scored. And so the Saints are leading 7 to nothing after the Cooper Allen extra point. And now Cooper Allen back on the field to uh, kick the football to Wooddale. He kicked it into the end zone his last try. And the kick is away. Once again, he kicks it deep, and it's going to be a low-line drive, or Wooddale will try to pick the ball up. They finally do it about the four-yard line. Now he's coming upfield. He's two about the ten, and he's going to be swarmed under right there by about three different Briarcrest Saints. Yeah, great job by number one, Bryant Simpson, making a play on that return. That's number three, DeAndre James, they're running back on their return. Yeah, Wooddale probably has – I don't know, 20 or so players. So you're going to hear a lot of these names, not only on offense, not only on defense, but on special teams as well. Yeah, it's going to be hard for those players playing three ways potentially, and that's probably why you saw Wendell already take two timeouts. So it'll be first and 10 for Woodale. That Wooddale, they spotted the ball at the 11-yard line, their own. So that's where they will start from, five minutes and 31 seconds to go. They take the entire clock. It's already down to four seconds. Let's see if they can even get the snap off here. Uh, they Well, they let them play, run the play anyway. So they run the ball at the middle, and that's going to be tackled right at the 11-yard line for no gain. Great tackle right there by number 36, Cooper Thompson, coming up from that outside linebacker position and taking down the running back for a one-yard loss. Referee showed a little uh, grace that time. I believe the clock uh, 
<laughs> might have gone to zero, but they let him run the play anyway. So it's going to be second down and ten for Wooddale after that no gain on the previous play, and they are huddled up again trying to get the play called, and uh, they finally do. They break the huddle, led by their number, led by their quarterback number seven, Eric McNeil. Got two wideouts, one running back, two uh, receivers in tight, actually three wideouts. He's going to hand the ball up the middle this time. Looks like nothing going again, and now he's trying to go backwards, trying to cut across the other side of the field, and he gets – he ran about 20 yards, but it ended up being a one-yard. Well, they're going to give him to the 11, so it's – he ran back and forth about 15 yards and got no game. No game, but still an impressive job. Too. It could have been a huge loss on the play. Was able to reverse field before Aiden Heidrich was eventually able to bring him down right at the line of scrimmage. Third and ten for the Cardinal. They come in tonight zero and five. They did score last week against Kirby. They lost that game thirty-four to six. They are zero and five. They have played a couple, some of the top teams in the city, including Carville and Lausanne. Yeah, yeah, played Lausanne. So anyway, back to pass is the Wooddale. He's back ro- rolling around under pressure. He's in the end zone. He gets out of the end zone, but he's tackled at the five-yard line. That'll be a six-yard loss. And Wooddale will have to punt the ball away. And it was Brandon Myers once again picking up. That was his fifth sack now of the season, extending his team lead. I was trying to think up of a nickname for Brandon today. <laughs> We're going to call Odell the Machine. I'm thinking about, um, you know, what do we call the sack master? I mean, what do you. It's <laughs> not bad. He's got a good pace going. He's almost got a sack per game. His fifth yeah. sack of the season right there. So, back from the end zone, Woodale will be punting. Uh, Linder is back deep. They kicked it very short last time. The snap's good. Kick's pretty good. This time it's going to come right to Reed, though. He fields at the 35-yard line. He cuts up the field to 30, up to the 25, and he's shoved out of bounds at around the 20-yard line. Great job by Linder once again on the punt return. About a 20-yard getting now. Blake Clark's in the offense. will take great field position once again. Almost in the red zone to start the drive. They'll mark it at about the 21. Yeah, first and 10 for Briarcrest. Outstanding field position. So Blake Clarkson getting time at quarterback after not having played the position in a long time. As a matter of fact, it was last year, uh, early in last year. So he's he's getting uh, blessed with some outstanding field position. Ball is at the 20. Two minutes and 58 seconds ago in the first quarter. Snap back. Looking downfield. as a man wide open and is caught in the end zone. That's Reed Linder, his second touchdown catch of the, catch of the night. And Briarcrest takes the lead 13 to nothing. His second touchdown catch of the night, and even bigger than that, that was his second catch of the game, which means he has now passed. And now he holds the all-time career receptions record here at Briarcrest Christian School. Very Amazing. proud of him. Amazing for Reed. Yeah, he's had a tremendous career here, obviously. And, uh, yeah, Bradley Ellis was uh, uh, a great, great player here at Briarcrest, but uh, he's number two now. Allen into the game for the kick. Snaps good. Kick is up, and the kick is good. So Briarcrest, with two minutes and 47 seconds left to go in the first quarter, lead 14 to nothing over Wooddale. Somebody was just texting me so second Somebody was texting me saying the sound was muted. Oh. I don't even know. I'm sure we're talking about that. Okay. I mean, I'm sure. But I don't even know which one we're supposed to talk about. I think it's this one. Time. There it is. 
Are we back? We are back. Okay. Quick time out there, so we are back with Briarcrest football. It's now Reed Leonard getting honored by the PA announcer Monty Manguna for his huge accomplishment here. Forever cemented his place now in the Briarcrest record books. So the ball is spotted down at the 40-yard line. Cooper Allen will kick it from there. Briarcrest takes the lead 14-0. And there is the kick. It is a deep one. It looks like it will go into the end zone, and it does. So Woodale will once again get the ball at the 20-yard line, and we'll see if the Cardinal can get anything going here offensively. Yeah, great kick there by Cooper on his fourth touchback of the season. Still in the top five in punt distance and average kickoff distance in the Memphis area. So we have to see the defense led by defensive coordinator Brandon Tucker for the third time tonight. The starters for them are Trace Magros, Zach Green, Nate Bledsoe, Brandon Myers, Max Carroll, Trey Davis, John Richard Odell, Cannon LaRusso, Devin Johnson, Zach Williams, and Colin Collier. So Woodell comes up. They will get the ball. They have the ball first and 10 at the 20-yard line. There's a snap. He's back. He's looking. He's going to keep the ball this time running around. He'll be dropped at about the 21-yard line. Four one-yard gain for the Cardinal. Brandon Myers making another big tackle there, limiting the game to just one. Second down and nine for Wooddale. Nice crowd here on the Briarcrest side, a very sparse crowd on the Wooddale side. Nice student section for homecoming as well. Yeah, Eads Empire show, has shown up. As you said, Widow does like to take their time, similar to how Christian Bros was last week. Play yeah, clock already down to seven. I know, they really use that whole play clock. Briarcrest with a four-man front. The finally, they do snap the ball. Going to hand it off up the middle. Actually, the quarterback pulled it out and kept it. It doesn't make any difference. Uh, ended up getting thrown down in the backfield for about a four-yard loss that time. Yeah, Brock Lessig right there with the tackle for loss. Lots of tackle TFLs tonight. Yeah, it's already the third one of the game, and we're not even through the first quarter. About a minute and a half to go here. So it'll be third and 13 for Wooddale, and once again, they're going to huddle up. They're going to uh, take their time. They do break the huddle. Their quarterback, Eric McNeil, barks out the signals. He has four wideouts, has one running back. One man in motion. They're going to fake it to the man in motion. Back to pass. He's Now he's under pressure again. Now he's going to run it. He does have a little bit of running room this time. Cuts it to the middle of the field. Breaks a tackle. Breaks another tackle. Still on his feet and is going to lunge forward to about the 33-yard line. Beautiful run that time by the quarterback, Eric McNeil. Yeah, that was very impressive from McNeil. Breaking probably four tackles, but on the other side, that's poor tackling there by the Briarcrest Saints. Had him wrapped up twice. Just going to get him down. And now the defensive line will almost do a line change here for Brandon Tucker's defensive <laughs> Nate Rennicks, Grant Brantley, Aiden Heydrich, and Trace Mako checking into the game. So less than a minute to go in the first quarter. Briarcrest leading 14 to nothing. Wooddale just got their very first first down of the game. The ball is spotted at the 32-yard line. And they are going to run one more play here in the first quarter. Could be two more if it's an incomplete pass. We'll see. But they're going to hand the ball off, and there's no running room. But once again, a broken tackle. But, uh, wow, just broke one tackle, and that was it. He will get back to the line of scrimmage. That's number three, DeAndre James, the carrier for Wooddale. 
Not bad, though, taking what limited space wasn't able to get back to the line of scrimmage, breaking a tackle from before Nate Rennix finally brings him down. Gain of one. And so that will be the end of the first quarter, so we will take a break. You're listening to Briarcrest Football here on the Mighty 990 KWAM. When it comes to appraisals, you deserve fairness, accuracy, and honesty. EPM Appraisal's goal is simply an unbeatable experience for you. Call Evaluating Property in the Mid-South, EPM, today and ask about services, fees, and turn times. EPM continues to set the bar and standard in the appraisal industry with guaranteed max five business day turn times. EPM promises you'll see the difference too. 901-412-9888 or click epmappraisals.com. EPM Appraisals, a proud supporter of all Briarcrest sports. Weimer's Jewelry is your home-owned, home-operated neighborhood jeweler. We're happy to support our community and wish our teams good and safe play. At Weimer's, we specialize in all forms of jewelry and watch repair. Watch batteries supplied and installed for just $6. Ring sizing, chain repair, and all forms of custom design with all work done in-house. So for your jewelry needs, come see us. We are Weimer's Jewelry, 7525 Stage Road, the shops of Appling Way. The Saints are marching in, and we want you to join us. Briarcrest launched the largest capital campaign in school history this spring. Building, competing, leading an athletic campaign. Briarcrest is transforming fields, facilities, and lives from senior K to seniors in high school. Visit briarcrest.com support to learn how you can be a part of this important campaign to take BCS athletics to the next level. Back at Joseph Clayton Field, they just honored the two or they in, are in the middle of honoring the 2002 Briarcrest football team. They were the very first state champions here at Briarcrest, and they are out on about the 10-yard line, getting a nice round of applause from the fans. So that will give them a few seconds to get off the field, and uh, they don't move quite as quickly, Parker, as they did back in 2002. <laughs> but so uh, really special moment for those players going to come back 20 years later and just kind of remember the special year that they had going 11 and 2 that season so briar crest it'll be second down and nine for wooddale as they line up only got one wide out this time got a bunch of men tight they're back to pass good protection but now he, he's going to rush out a run out of it's it got a man open uh, and he was open that was number two Krishan mabry but unable to connect with him not a bad throw there from number seven, Eric McNeil. Just a little bit overthrown. Good coverage there from the Saints, number 84, Luke Erickson. Just checked in the game on the coverage. So that's going to bring up another third down and long for Wooddale. Last time they had this situation, they were actually able to, uh, by an outstanding quarterback scramble, get the first down. Let's see what happens here. We're just getting started in the second quarter. Briarcrest won the first quarter 14 to nothing. This will only be the second play of the second quarter. Once again, Wooddale keeps all their wideouts in tight except one. The snap is back. Under pressure as a quarterback, he is going to be sow. He got away from it again. Still on his feet up to the 30-yard line, but he's going to be run out of bounds right there. Uh, I tell you, the, the kid, I'll give him credit, he's hard to bring down. Absolutely. It looked like Aiden Heidrich had him by his – by his jersey and by his back, about 10 yards back before, before McNeil breaks that tackle and gets back 
It's where he only loses about three yards. This will be about fourth and 13. Yeah, he looked like he's going to lose about 10, uh, but he did a good job of breaking the tackle. Still, though, he's going to have to punt the ball, and once again, Reed Linder will be back. He's standing at about the 45-yard line of Briarcrest, and he will await the punt there. A huge night for Linder so far, get, getting the career receptions record and having two touchdowns already tonight. Briarcrest trying to get their punt return team on. Ball is snapped, a low line driver. This time Linder's going to let it bounce, and it will take a Briarcrest bounce and be go down at the 45-yard line. So that's where Briarcrest will start, first down and 10. First and 10 for the Saints. Blake Clarkson back at quarterback once again. His, third, his fourth drive of the evening. Clarkson's looked good so far, other than the very first play, looked very good. Yeah, he got through that first drive, kind of settled in. It's been great so far. Two passing touchdowns, both to Reed Linder. And he's joined in the huddle by Jodo Salim, Davis Walker, Reed Linder, Max Carroll, Devin Johnson, Zach Green, Isaiah Robertson, Zeke Taylor, Cade Shivers, and Nate Bledsoe. So Briar Crest leading 14 to nothing. We'll get their first possession here of the second quarter. 10 minutes and 47, I mean, excuse me, 46 seconds. Left until halftime. Ball is snapped. Going to hand it off this time. Right up the middle goes the Briarcrest running back. He'll pick up about six, seven yards. That is number 20, Logan Taylor. Logan Taylor gets his first carry of the evening. We saw him have a big sack earlier in the first quarter. That'll be his first offensive snap, and he gets a nice carry pickup of about six. Second down and four for Briarcrest. Ball at the on the Briarcrest side of the field now at the 49-yard line. Fake the handoff this time, pass out into the flat. It's caught up to the 40-yard line to be slung down to the ground right there very hard. That was Davis Walker with a catch. Davis Walker with his first catch tonight. Great tackle though from the Cardinal number two, Christian Mabry. Almost got a fumble out of it, but the ball went out of bounds. So first down, Briarcrest at the Cardinal 39-yard line. First and 10 for the Saints. Yeah, that was, a, that was what the coaches call an angry tackle that time. Matter of fact, Walker's even coming out of the game. So Clarkson takes a snap. He fakes the handoff, but there's going to be a whistle. Let's see what happens there. Might have been offsides on the Briar Crest receiver. Actually, that will be on the defense offsides. So, yeah, I see what you were thinking, Parker, because the uh, walker came off so late, it really looked like the receiver that went in for him didn't really get lined up properly. But... Um, but anyway, it'll be first and five now for Briarcrest. Ball at the 34-yard line. Snap is back. The ball is kept this time by Clarkson. He will run up the middle. He's going to be very close to a first down, but it looks like he's going to be about a yard or two short. Yeah, Clarkson keeper there for about a three-yard gain. As Davis Walker now checks back in the game. Yeah, he's actually about three yards short. It looked like he had lunged forward more than that, but he's got about long two, maybe short three to go. This will be handoff going to pass the ball. It's caught. Beautiful pa uh, pass and catch that time. Catch was made by Colin Collier. Yeah, beautiful RPO design there by Robbie Donaldson. Clarkson performed it perfectly there for a huge gain. Now the Saints are back in the red zone here. Collier with a great catch. His first of the night had a great week on the defensive side of the ball last week with four tackles and an interception. So first down and 10 ball at the 16-yard line. Brian Crest threatening again. This time they'll throw it out to Collier again. He'll break up field. He breaks a tackle. He's right up the middle of the field, and he will go into the end zone for a Briarcrest touchdown. Number seven, Kyle, Colin Collier with two big catches. 
And with eight minutes and about eight and a half minutes to go, Briarcrest is up 20 to nothing over Wooddale. Yeah, great job by Carr. They're making a couple minutes miss for ended up in the end zone for the third touchdown of the game for the Saints. Third passing touchdown for Clarkson. Very efficient half for him. So he'll be on the hold with Bramlett on the long snap for Cooper Allen. Allen will be in to kick for the Saints. Snap is back, kick is up, and it is good. So with eight minutes and 30 seconds left to go till halftime, Briarcrest stretches his leads to 21 to nothing. They will take a break on the field. We will take one along with him. You're listening to Briarcrest Football on the Mighty 990 KWAM. Frame your stories for a lifetime. Rando Framing Gallery provides a wide variety of frames for senior pictures, wedding photographs, high school and college diplomas, jerseys, art, and restores frames for historical prints and paintings as well. A local family business. Let Rando Framing Gallery serve you with distinctive custom designs. There is something for everyone. Rando Framing Gallery, located in the Germantown Collection, off Poplar and Exeter. Easy to park, easy to get it done, and easy to get out. Curbside parking available. We're back at Briarcrest Christian School. The game tonight between Briarcrest Saints and the Wooddale Cardinal. Briarcrest, with eight minutes and 30 seconds to go in the second quarter, have opened up a quick 21 to nothing lead. One of the most active players tonight has been Cooper Allen. He's kicked off multiple times. He's kicked uh, three extra points, and he's back out there to kick off again. And the kick is away. He's going to go deep again. The ball will go all the way into the end zone. And so Wooddale will take over on the 20-yard line. And, yeah, uh, Cooper's doing a great job tonight getting that ball in the end zone. May not make a big difference tonight, but it could next week against MUS. Yeah, absolutely. Great job for him. Very efficient. Three out of four of his kickoffs have been touchbacks. And now he's improved his season total on PATs. So now 13 for 16. So Woodale will take over at the 20-yard line. That was nice to see the 2002 team out there, the state champions, back on campus tonight. Yeah, absolutely. See them get their recognition, well-deserved. One of the best teams in Briarcrest school history. So Woodale finally breaks the huddle. They'll lie there up at the 20-yard line. It'll be first and 10. Let's see if they even get the playoff, and they barely do. Bad snap, but he fields it well. Under pressure, running around. He's all the way back to the 10. Now he looks like he's going to run the ball. He's going to be – now he's just going to throw the ball away. I guess they will say that he was outside the tackle because he didn't throw that to anybody, but it's going to be an incomplete pass. Second down and 10 for the Cardinal. Yeah, it will be incomplete. Great job by the Brock defensive line. Getting some pressure on the forward, number 17, Houston Walker, comes up from the safety position and gets a hit on him. Second and 10. The quarterback McNeil goes to the sideline to get the play call. Yeah, this is very methodical. They, uh, The quarterback will go all the way over to the sideline. The, the head coach, Gerald Starnes, will give him the play. Then he, he's got a lot, he does a lot of running. <laughs> after every play to run all the way over there, get the play and run all the way back. Especially after a play like that where he probably ran 20 yards around the backfield and then have to go to the sideline to get the play call in. And that's why now it looks like they're not even going to get the play off. Uh, and that, well, they just let them get it off anyway. So pitches to the outside, and once again, the Briarcrest defense is going to swarm all over the running back. He barely gets back to the line of scrimmage. That's going to bring up a third down and 10 for the Cardinal. Yeah, that was a great job of the right side of the defensive line. Kind of pushing back the left tackle. 
to where the, for the, to where the running back, number three, DeAndre James, didn't have much running room at all. That was number 62, Aiden Heydrich and Trace Magro there on the tackle. So once again, the quarterback, Aaron McNeil, runs to the sidelines. He gets to play. This time he's moving a little quicker because they, they literally just let them get away with the, the, with the delay of game that time. Uh, so he's moving a little quicker this time. Uh, got the uh, They're already lined up. They've got a few seconds to snap the ball. But they're taking their time. I tell you, they take it all the way down to zero every time, and they did it again. The ref's just not calling it. Uh, up the middle goes the quarterback. He might gain one or two yards, but that's going to bring up a fourth down and long for the Cardinal. Yeah, couldn't tell on that play if he slipped on the grass. He's trying to slide and avoid a big hit. That was Zach Green, the big defensive tackle senior for the Saints, who was able to bring him down there for only about a two-yard gain. So seven, just a little bit, little bit over seven minutes to go until halftime. Briarcrest already up, twenty-one to nothing. The Cardinal have got basically nothing going on offense tonight. They did have one first down on a quarterback scramble earlier in the game. Their kicker, Adam Hagamiyamara. I'll go with that. Big high kick. It's going to land at the forty. It'll take a little, little bit of a Wooddale bounce to the 45-yard line, so that's where Briarcrest will take over. First down and 10 on their side of the field. Yeah, another fantastic field position drive here for Blake Clarkson, his fifth drive coming up. Been very efficient. Had that one fumble on the very first play of the game, and now he's kind of settled in. Three straight touchdowns, two to Reed Linder, one to Colin Collier. And now you're already up 21 halfway through the second quarter. At what point do you kind of – Start mixing different players, and especially at the quarterback and wide receiver position. Yeah, I, I was wondering that myself. I haven't seen Max Carroll out there for a while, but they seem to be playing most of the other uh, wideouts. There's a snap. Clarkson rolling out, looking downfield. He will throw the ball. as a man wide open. It's Linder. Did he catch it in bounds? Let's see what the referee says. He did. Wow, what a beautiful catch that time by Reed Linder. Hey, those two touchdown catches were great, but that was really impressive to get that ball in bounds. That was spectacular catch right there by Reed Linder. We've seen him mostly this year, Josh, in the screen play and kind of the short slants kind of guy, but that was a huge play right there by Blake Clarkson finding Linder on the crossing route. So that'll get it all the way down to the 20-yard line. It'll be first down and 10 for Briarcrest there. Snaps back, but there's a whistle uh, before the play can get off. I don't think Wooddale got their 12th man off the field in time. And you are correct. That'll be a substitution infraction against the Cardinal. That'll move the ball down to about the 17-yard line, so it'll be first down and five for Briarcrest. Just under six minutes left here in the second quarter. Briarcrest leading 20 to one to nothing, and they are down threatening again. There's a snap, gonna hand it off to Salim. Salim has a hole up the middle. He's gonna lunge all the way down, still on his feet, all the way down to the five yard line. Nice run by JoJo Salim. That was a great run, about a 15 yard gain, but with the funniest part of that run, Josh, was Nate Bledsoe, the left tackle for him, was almost dragging him along to about the <laughs> five yard line. Almost carried in the last five yards of that run. First and goal now for the Saints. Nate Rennick checked into the game at tight end. First down and goal from the five. Snap back to Clarkson. He's going to throw in the end zone. Has a man, but it's going to go over everybody's head out through the back of the end zone. Yeah, it might have been a little miscommunication there between him and Johnson, their receiver, which route they were running there. Either way, second and goal from the five. 
beautiful fall night here at Briarcrest. Nice football weather after we had a week of very, very uh, unseasonal weather with highs the hundreds. There's a snap. Clarkson's going to keep it this time. He's not going to get much, though. He will basically get back to the line of scrimmage. That's going to be around third down for Briarcrest. Yeah, third goal here. Loss of about one there for Clarkson. Great job of the Cardinal defense reading that perfectly. The head coach of the Cardinals, Jarnell Starnes. So Clarkson, once again, it'll be third down this time from Looks like about the six-yard line. Snap is back. He's looking in the end zone. He's rolling out under a little bit of pressure. Just throw, He has a man wide open, and it's caught by for a Briarcrest touchdown. Reed Linder once again. Wow. Came into the night with zero touchdowns, but he had 27 catches. Now he has 31 catches and three touchdowns. What a night for the senior receiver. That'll make it Briarcrest 27-0 over Woodale with four minutes and 20 seconds to go. And what a good job that time by Clarkson, Parker. I mean, he was under duress and made a great throw. Yeah, it was very patient there, rolling out of the pocket. Got it just over the outstretched arm for the Cardinal defender, finding Linder in the back right corner of the end zone. Cooper Allen in the kick. The snap is back. The kick is up, and the kick is good. So, with four minutes and 20 seconds to go till halftime, Briarcrest takes the lead, 28 to nothing. You are listening to Briarcrest Football here on the Mighty 990 KWAM. A really smart bank lets its customers do the talking. In bigger banks, you get lost in the shuffle. Here, that, that's not the case. When you walk in, everybody knows who you are. She knows my name, and I know her name. I think this bank has personality. I tell everyone about it. They think independently, and they allow people to realize their dreams. I see myself still with Independent Bank in 10 years. Isn't it time you switched to Independent Bank? Independence to me is freedom. Independent Bank. Locally owned and FDIC insured. When it comes to appraisals, you deserve fairness, accuracy, and honesty. EPM Appraisal's goal is simply an unbeatable experience for you. Call Evaluating Property in the Mid-South, EPM, today, and ask about services, fees, and turn times. EPM continues to set the bar and standard in the appraisal industry with guaranteed max five business day turn times. EPM promises you'll see the difference, too. 901-412-9888 or click epmappraisals.com. EPM Appraisals, a proud supporter of all Briarcrest sports. We're back at Briarcrest. Uh, Cooper Allen just kicked the ball, and he kicked it off into the end zone again. So with four minutes and 20 seconds to go, Parker, Saints leading 28 to nothing, and I guess this is just what you wanted if you were head coach Brian Stewart. Yeah, nice, huge lead here for the Saints. Needed this after a tough stretch. Saints are now under 500 for the first time since 2014, and you need this huge one to get back to 500 before a huge reason test next week at MUS. So, Wooddale will line up again. They, they seem to have almost played the entire game from the 20-yard line. Just kind of been fielding the, or not able to field the kicks and then taking it at the 20 and then not doing much with it after that. Wooddale this time has two wide outs. They have a man in motion. They're going to fake it to the running back. The quarterback's going to keep it. He's going to try to get to the outside. He gets there and will pick up just a couple of yards before he's run out of bounds by the Briarcrest defense. Yeah, great job by the quarterback, number seven, Eric McNeil, really selling that read option perfectly. Almost a triple option kind of play. Fake the jet sweep, then fake the handoff before taking himself for a gain of about one. Second down and nine for the Cardinal. 
the Briarcrest Saints, after losing three straight games coming into tonight, have gotten out to a 28-0 first-half lead against the Wooddale Cardinal. Still unbelievable. That's the first time the Saints have lost three straight since 2013. Second down, second down and nine. Ball at the 21-yard line. Snap is back. This time they're going to give it to the running back. He's going to try to get the outside, and he gets basically nothing. He may have gotten two yards up to about the 23. And not a bad run there before he's finally taken down by Trey Davis. Great tackle for him, his second of the night. So it'll be third down and seven for the Cardinal. This time their quarterback, Eric McNeil, kind of gets over the sideline quickly and gets back quickly. So they're going to have plenty of time to run this play. There are just right at three minutes to go till halftime. Wooddale taking their time, though. Quarterback is talking to... One of his wide receivers sends him out. And we will get the ball snapped here in just a few seconds. There it is. Snap is back. He's going to flip it to his running back. He's got a little bit of running room. Cuts up field, but really he's tackled right at the line of skimmage by the Saints. Yeah, great job by senior defensive back Cooper Thompson. Finally coming in the tackle his second in the evening. So fourth down again. They will give him about a yard. It's going to be fourth down and six. Uh, for Wooddale. And they will bring the punt team back in. Reed Linder. You kind of surprised to see Reed still in the game? Yeah, a little bit. He's had a fantastic game still in the game. I am seeing backup quarterback Hudson Tucker going on the sideline. Looks like he might get the drive here right before half. Goes and grabs his helmet. So, yeah, it might be the Hudson Tucker drive right before the half. So, Linder. Big high kick, nice kick that time. Actually backs Reed up to the 45-yard line, but he has a seam. He's to the 50, he's to the 45, he's to the 40. He'll be hit there and brought down at about the 38-yard line. But Briarcrest, once again, is going to have fantastic field position. Fantastic field position. Great job by Leonard Foy. He's finally taken down by number 22, Isaiah Lawrence, junior cornerback. And it'll be the freshman Hudson Tucker. Here with about a minute 46 to go here in the first half. He'll be joined by about the rest of the starting lineup here on the offensive side. No Max Carroll in this drive, but some of the other starters, including Caleb Donaldson and Logan Taylor. So Tucker takes a snap. He's going to hand it to his running back. That's Taylor. Taylor breaks a tackle. He will lunge for He's still on his feet down to the 30-yard line, all the way down to the 27-yard line. Nice run that time by Taylor. Yeah, nice run by Taylor. Daniel Jones, or a 54 sophomore linebacker on the tackle. Moves the chains for Briarcrest, first and 10. Yeah, Brent, a couple of nice broken tackles that time. It's good to see him back uh, run the football. was out last week, but uh, good to have him back this week. They're going to hand it to him again, right up the middle again. Got a big hole. He's down past the 20 all the way to at the 17-yard line. Yeah, another great run there for Taylor. And as you just said, it's huge having him back this week, especially ahead of, ahead of the MUS game next week. He's a great power running threat and also can make a big play on the defensive side of the ball like we saw him do earlier with that sack. They will give him nine yards this time, but he's second down and one for Briarcrest. Ball is at about the 18-yard line. They need to get it to the 17. This time he's going to pass, looking, looking, looking. Throws, has a man, uh, but he threw it over his head uh, for an incomplete pass. Houston Walker, the intended target there. Sophomore receiver getting his first target of the night. Less than a yard. So 49 seconds to go till halftime. The Saints are leading 28 to nothing. They're threatening, though. There's a snap. Going to hand it off the middle again. Taylor, he's got a hole. He's up to the five. He will take it all the way into the end zone. 
That is Logan Taylor for the touchdown for Briarcrest. And so the Saints, with 37 seconds to go until half, take a commanding 34 to nothing lead over Wooddale. Yeah, great job there by Taylor. His second touchdown of the season, first of the night. Great job by Hudson Tucker, the freshman quarterback there, showing a lot of composure there, taking them down for the touchdown and extend the lead to 34-0, pending the Cooper Allen PAT. So Allen in for the kick. It'll uh, If he makes it, he's made all of them tonight. It'll make Briarcrest, give Briarcrest a 35 to nothing lead. There is the kick. The kick is kind of a line driver, but it doesn't make any difference what it looks like. It went right through the uprights. And, Parker, why don't we keep it here since it's just before halftime. Uh, so, yeah, this is, uh, like we said, just what the doctor awarded. The Saints came in on a losing streak, but the big first half leading 35 to nothing. Yeah, great job. Kind of different circumstances this week, again, with Carlson being out getting the rest from his back injury ahead of the MUS game. But great job. Both coordinators, Robbie Donaldson and Brandon Tucker, have to be super pleased. His defense for Brandon Tucker continues to make big plays, and Robbie Donaldson's offense finds easy touchdowns right there from Logan Taylor. Reed Linder with his three tonight. Yeah, huge game for Reed Linder on several fronts. He set the all-time receiving record and has caught three touchdown passes. And made one of the best catches you will ever see uh, on one of one of, right here on the sideline, right in front of the press box earlier. Yeah, beautiful sideline toe drag catch there. One of the most impressive catches we've seen this season. So actually, they are going to go ahead and run the clock. There's 25 seconds to go, down around 20. We'll see if uh, Cooper. Well, he will have to kick it. There's only nine seconds left on the play clock. He walks up, he gives it a kick, he kicks it deep. The ball this time will land at the one. It'll actually bounce off the Wooddale player. Now another one of their players picks it up the five yards and five yard line, and he's hit immediately. It'll go down to the nine, and that will be the last play of the first half. So at halftime, a big first half for the Saints. They lead 35 to nothing over Wooddale. You are listening to Briarcrest football here on KWAM 990, and we'll kick it back to Josh Rivera and the KWAM studios. From the Mighty 990 Broadcast Center, it's the Peer Financial Advisors Halftime Show. Peer Financial Advisors. Plan, invest, evolve, retire confidently with Peer Financial Advisors. Here's Josh Rivera. Welcome back to the Halftime Show, guys. This has been the play-by-play calling by Josh Davis and Parker May. I want to thank them for their contributions and doing a great job over there as the Bradcrest Saints are currently leading the Wooddale Cardinals 35-0. Welcome to the Halftime Show here, sponsored by Peer Financial Advisors. Plan, invest, evolve, retire confidently with Peer Financial Advisors. And we're going to go through some scores uh, across the Mid-South. We have a lot of games that I definitely want to touch on. Uh, and I just noted, I just talked about Bradcrest and Wooddale. And another game that I want to talk about is Haywood and Melrose. Uh, both teams were undefeated. And right now, Haywood looks to be leading 27-8 to against Melrose. Central and Southwind. Right now, Southwind has the lead 14-8. to Collierville, an undefeated team uh, facing against their toughest opponent yet, probably Whitehaven, uh, who's actually 2-3, uh, but definitely better than all of the teams that Collierville has played so far. Collierville taking the lead 19-0. to Interesting game over there in Bartlett and White Station. Bartlett trying to get back on their winning record. 21-0 to against White Station right now. Fayette Academy in Clarksville, 7-6. Fayette Academy leads. FACS and Richland right now. Richland taking the lead 7-6. And then MUS and Ridgeway. MUS leading 21-0. Lausanne, uh, pretty good so far for them. They're leading 14-0 against Humboldt. 
And then Craigmont and Ballerville. Craigmont looking to extend to a 6-0 and record. They're up 21-0 right now. And then highly ranked Olive Branches up against the DeSoto Central 14-0 uh, currently. We also have a couple other scores that are coming in right now. Uh, right, We have Senatobia and North Panola. Right now, Senatobia is up 7-0. to zero. Uh, And then, of course, uh, we have uh, we have Crockett and Kirby. Right now, Crockett is up to Kirby, 13-7. to seven. Uh, And so far, that is all we have right now in the halftime uh, show. Some of the games just actually started. We had some uh, 7.30 games uh, that just started. Bartlett is actually up 34-7. to seven. Uh, That report just now coming in to the studio and I want to jump again into some other news as well. We have, I have some rankings and I talked about how some stations and some, uh, you know, publications have their own rankings. You have the daily Memphian, they have their own rankings. You have uh, the commercial appeal that have their own rankings. And I thought, you know, the mighty 990 should have their own rankings too. And we're six weeks into football. And I think that, you know, I did my rankings last week and I'd love to continue to do that. So today I'm going to do my second uh, update of the top 10 Mighty 10 teams in Memphis, and I'm going to go ahead and start. I'll go 10 to 1, and right now I have MUS sitting at 10, and of course uh, they are leading uh, uh, right now against uh, their opponent Ridgeway, and of course uh, they're looking for their 200th win for their head coach. That would be the 7th person in the Shelby County area to win 200 wins for their program. Number 9, I have Bartlett, and of course this is a Bartlett team that had a rough loss last week. Uh, against their appoint, opponent in Germantown, but they're three and two right now. They're currently leading against White Station. Uh, it seems pretty good right there on the top ten. Southwind as well. They've been doing really well. And then I want to give some love to Melrose, who's at number seven. They're undefeated, so they didn't. They've been doing pretty well this season. I think seven is pretty deserved so far. And then we jump into number six, Covington, who actually has a bye week, so they're not playing tonight, uh, but they should be. Good and ready to go for next week. I think six is a good spot for Covington, who's been really impressive this season. We're jumping into our top five. Collierville is at number five. And again, I only put Collierville because they haven't you know, had a lot of really impressive wins. Every team they've played has been fairly easy. So I think the fairly easy schedule, I think five is, is, is just right because the top four belongs to the best teams that have had really good wins. That includes Houston, who right now is uh, playing pretty pretty well. Uh, they, they currently uh, are looking to jump... Uh, into more wins in their record. They are 4-1 and one right now. And then Lausanne is also uh, leading Humboldt. They're number three on my team, on my top 10 teams. And then Mumford and Germantown, they're going to round out those top two. Number two is Mumford for me. I think Germantown edges them out just slightly only because of the really impressive wins they've had all season long against Christian Brothers, against MUS, against Bartlett. And of course, Germantown playing a, a really good team tonight. Hopefully, they will get that win to improve to a better undefeated season. Uh, really, really good teams in the top 10. I think uh, well-deserved, uh, and I'm curious to see how tonight turns out to, to update uh, that for next week. Uh, and right now, uh, just want to catch you up on the Briarcrest game. Uh, if you're just now listening, they're up against Wooddale 35-0. to And when we come back, I definitely want to get into one story about some of the best players in Memphis that are making their case early into week six uh, as players of the year. We'll get into all of that when we come back with this commercial break. Now, back to the Beer Financial Advisors Halftime Show with Josh Rivera. Welcome back to the Halftime Show, and I definitely want to get into some of the players, the key players in the Memphis area, and some of them are really impressive. Max Carroll for Briarcrest, he's actually a commit for TCU. 
Uh, he's been doing really well. He's had a lot of receptions through five games. He's at the top receiver with 270 yards and seven touchdowns. Also, Jamarian Dowell in Covington, he's actually had a really great season uh, in the last four weeks. He's had 684 rushing yards, 13 touchdowns, uh, and he's just really, really good for this Covington team. Brock Glenn, of course, he's the Ohio State football commit. Uh, of course, he hasn't dis- disappointed at all. He's had 55% of his passes completed with 577 yards, seven touchdowns. And then on the rushing game, I saw a video last week of him running through multiple tacklers. He's had a really great season. And then, of course, Damon Sisa for Houston. He's had a really great season as well. All of these very deserved. But Damon Sisa, of course, he's uh, doing really well out in Houston. 544 rushing yards, seven touchdowns. And he's averaging just under 109 yards per game. He's just been killing it. And, of course, there are other names that I haven't even mentioned that we're going to get into uh, as the season progresses. You know, six weeks in and a really good football by a lot of these players. Uh, Really, really happy uh, for these players. But, of course, the season's not done yet. We'll see what happens uh, as it goes on. And, of course, that depends on their wins, uh, of course, for for teams like Lausanne, Houston. They need to rack up more wins. And Briarcrest as well. It's hard to be player of the year with only two wins on your record. Guys, when we come back, uh, we're going to throw it back to Josh Davis and Parker May pretty soon. I'm going to give you some more uh, stats and records and uh, rankings. Uh, so we'll do all that when we come back. Now, back to the Peer Financial Advisors Halftime Show with Josh Ribeiro. Welcome back to the Halftime Show here. And we're going to close out this Halftime Show with a couple scores. Give you updated on what's going around in the Memphis area. Wooddale and Bradcrest right now. Bradcrest is up 35-0. to zero. Haywood is up against Melrose 27-8. to eight. Right now, Central and Southwind. Southwind taking the lead 14 to 8. Uh, Humboldt actually still losing to Lausanne. Uh, Lausanne is up 21 to 6. Bartlett and White Station 21 to 0. Collierville uh, 19 to 0 against Whitehaven. Fade Academy and Clarksville 7 to 6. FACS and Richland 6 to 7. MUS and Ridgeway 21 to 0. And then we also have Olive, Olive Branch uh, against DeSoto Central 14 to 0. And then Craigmont against Bollerville. Bolivar twenty-one to zero right now. In, in coming on these, all these scores are coming in right now at the Mighty Nine Ninety Studios. Also, another update: we have a game coming in. Haywood is up against Melrose twenty-seven to eight. That just happened. Haywood looking to run away with this game. Melrose they they did have an undefeated season currently down uh, against Haywood. Uh, but that's going to be all for the halftime show. Again, I want to thank our sponsor. Uh, Peer Financial Advisors, Plan Invest, Evolve, Retire Confidently with Peer Financial Advisors. We're going to go back to Josh Davis and Parker May for just for just a little bit of halftime analysis, and we'll do all that when we come back with this break. Briarcrest Football, powered by EPM Appraisals, evaluating property in the Mid-South. Sponsored by Magnolia Homes, live life well. Peer Financial Advisors, Plan, Invest, Evolve, Retire Confidently. Independent Bank, a better way to bank. Way to bank. Rando Frame and Gallery, and Weimer's Jewelry. Live from high atop Clayton Field in the Ray Mullins Press Box, here's Josh Davis and Parker May. You are listening to Briarcrest Saints football here on the Mighty 990 KWAM. It is halftime between in the game between Briarcrest and Wooddale. The Saints have jumped out to a 35 to nothing lead. And Parker May, uh, you know, the Saints come in on a losing streak. Things were looking kind of bleak. But uh, so far tonight, it's been a great game for Briarcrest. Yeah, absolutely. So far, so good. And really, the two stories of the game for me are Blake Clarkson and Reed Linder. Two senior offensive standouts tonight. Blake Clarkson, not really a offensive guy this season. Hadn't been playing linebacker once he returned from his injury. But fantastic start for him. Four touchdown passes in the first half after a turnover on his first drive. Felt very calm, very composed, very confident out there as well. And then Reed Linder, 
on his birthday tonight, passing the career receptions mark and having three receiving touchdowns of its own. Very impressive start from him. And then you've also got to give kudos to the Briarcrest defense as well as they actually played very well last week against Christian Brothers, but, hey, pitching a shutout so far tonight. Yeah, absolutely. We've had a lot of huge plays. Logan Taylor with a sack. Brandon Myers with his fifth sack of the season. And a tons of tackles for loss. So another outstanding performance from Brandon Tucker in his defense. Okay, it sounds like we have breaking news back at the KWAM studios, so we will kick it back to KWAM. Okay, we're back at Joseph Clayton Field here on the campus of Briarcrest Christian School. Briarcrest has opened up a 35 to nothing lead over Wooddale. There's about two minutes left in halftime. And, uh, Parker May, uh, you broke down the game for us just a few minutes ago, and what a great job by Ben Dieter back at the uh, KWM Studios getting uh, us up to date on some breaking news here in the Mid-South. But uh, you, we have, you have a little breaking news from here. There's a new homecoming queen of Briarcrest. Yeah, absolutely. Shout-out to Mylan Carroll, the 2022 Briarcrest homecoming queen, actually twin sister of star wide receiver and defensive back Max Carroll. Oh, okay. A lot of athletes in that family. We saw Derek Carroll last year, Max yep. Carroll, and Mylan Carroll, the goalie for the women's soccer team and also a forward for the Lady Saints basketball team. Very happy for her. Well-deserved. Great recognition for her at halftime. That is for sure, and we have a little more breaking news about the second half of the game. We will have 10-minute quarters and a running clock. So if you're going to listen to Briarcrest football here in the second half, you need to go ahead and go fix your sandwich and, uh, you know, pour your Diet Coke or whatever you're wanting to have and uh, and sit down because it's going to move quickly. Yeah, I think we're going to go through this whole half in about 25 minutes. It's going to be pretty impressive. Yep, so... So anyway, you know, around looking at division play, Parker coming into tonight, uh, Brentwood was two and zero, Innsworth was two and zero, MUS one and one, Christian Brothers one and one, and then Briarcrest and Saint Benedict were at the bottom at zero and two. But kind of give everybody a little update. I, uh, if it's like last year, all six teams will make the playoffs. But what do the Saints need to do to have a home game instead of having to go on the road in the first round? Yeah, it's a great point. To my understanding as well, Josh, all six teams from our region will make the playoffs. It just depends on the seeding and where the Saints will have to play. Small chance we play here at Clayton Field at the fairly confines of Briarcrest Christian School, but not likely. You would need to pull some upsets, make a little magic happen here late in the season, but you're still going to have a great shot here to make around the playoffs because this team can get hot at the right time. Especially as they start getting more healthy, you'll see Kate Carlson back next week against MUS. It's really the deciding game. Yeah, that, that'll be a big game. We will go on the road and have that game for you next week. Yeah, you're, you're right, Parker. I mean, if they can, you know, it, it would be an upset, considered an upset to beat MUS next week. But I believe the Saints can win that football game. The Saints have plenty of talent and, and have had a little bit of a turmoil on offense. But now that they've settled in at the quarterback position, they, they might just get their putting on their feet under them and be able to beat the Owls next week. Yeah, it's a great point. And to my eyes, I don't even know if I would see it as an upset. I don't see it as kind of a 50-50 coin flip pick em game in a way. But you, if you're able to win this week and next week, you get some momentum going into you got a bye week, then take on Pure here. And then you have your last two games, which are region games against SBA and Innsworth. That would be a huge upset for the Saints if they can pull that off with a chance to potentially get the three seed in the playoffs if they can beat Innsworth. But you're likely to get the four seed in the region. Right, yeah. Innsworth has been extremely impressive uh, so far this year. Uh, they beat MUS last week. Uh, so that they are, uh, I would have to say, the, the favorite, although Brentwood looked awful good in the game uh, that we covered a couple weeks ago. Yeah, so they're a very talented team. And that game, 
We had their star quarterback, George McIntyre, the number two recruit in the sophomore class, and he didn't really have to do much. He only had 50 passing yards in that game against us. So in a game like Ensworth or Christian Murray, where he would really have to step up his game and perform, he's a dangerous quarterback. So let's get back to this game. So if you're head coach, Brian Stewart, you've got a 35-point lead here at half. It's obviously a game that Briarcrest is going to win. What do you do now? So you, you, he's left – Many of his starters, not all of them in, but uh, do you just go strictly to backups now or do you try to get some of these players like uh, Clarkson some more snaps? Yeah, I definitely think this is when you go back to your backups, some of your younger guys, especially now I'm seeing Hudson Tucker and Sims Anderson, the two other quarterbacks that we'll see playing tonight, other night, warming up on the close sideline. And then look for other receivers to make an impact later in the game tonight, like Calvin Moa, the star freshman receiver, uh, Jack Gleason, a junior, Bryant Simpson, Bentley Miller, two sophomores. We've got those guys to make some big plays on their receiving end. And then on the defensive side of the ball, look for other guys like Jay Setzer, a sophomore linebacker, Jack Baker, another freshman. Some, some of those young guys make some big plays this second. I'm really impressed with this coaching staff. Yeah, and, of course, all those kids are going to have to play next year, so it's a really valuable experience. You know, uh, Coach Saunders, Matt Saunders, made a really good point back in week one talking about BTW. Not only is it important to get them playing time, it's really important for the coaches to get film on them and be able to watch them, uh, you know, after the game. Yeah, that's a great point, Josh. And this film means a lot more to this coaching staff than a freshman game because you see them against varsity-level competition. It's really it's important for the coaching staff, but it's really important for these players trying to get that feel of a Friday Night Lights environment. It's a really fun time for these guys. So we are about to get going again here at Briarcrest. The Saints have opened up a 35 to nothing lead over the Woodell Cardinals. And it's homecoming. The homecoming court was just introduced. Also, the Athletic Hall of Fame here at Briarcrest was announced for this year, Lindsay Brackens Higdon. Uh, she's a 08 graduate and is a got in for swimming. Uh, two th- another 2008 graduate, Jake McCrary, who was an outstanding football and basketball player here at Briarcrest. Eric Taylor, uh, was the, he was the male athlete of the year in 2000 at the, as a track and field athlete, and he was inducted tonight. And then head uh, Lady Saint soccer coach Alexis Boyd-Hines, who's just had an outstanding career at Briarcrest, was also inducted. Yeah, and speaking of their soccer team, they've been fantastic this year. Only one loss in the season, and that came to a very talented Houston team this Thursday night. I believe the record now is nine wins, two ties, and only one loss. So Wooddale will be kicking off to Briarcrest. This will be the first time we have been able to see their kicker kick off anyway. Actually, it's, well, we've seen him punt. We have not. It's the first time we've seen him kick the ball. Um, and they are having a little bit of difficulty kind of finding a ball, and so they find, which is – I'm not an expert, Parker, but to kick off, I think you need a football. Yeah, I couldn't tell if they were trying to ball or maybe it's a tee as well. <laughs> that would make a little bit more sense. It'll be the same kicker as their punter, number 23, Adam Hickabamara. That was good. <laughs> that was good. Uh, he will be kicking off from the 40-yard line, and the Saints' deep men are all the way up. They're going to actually come up to about the 15, and eventually the referees will get this second half underway. Houston Walker, sophomore, deep to return for the Saints. There's a kick. He kind of hooks it. Looks like it's going to head to the sidelines. Lands on the 20 and will go out of bounds right at the 20-yard line. It looked like a kind of a uh, like a golf shot with some spin on it. it. It hooked to the left, hit, and just stopped, and then just barely went out of bounds. That would have been a perfect pitching wedge shot there yep. from the kicker. 
A little bit of a different look here for the Briarcrest offense to start the half. They'll have Hudson Tucker at quarterback, joined by Fenton Williams, Calvin Moa, Jack Gleason, and then the offensive line will be Jack Spetrowski, Ronnie Anamorado, Daniel Worsham, Houston Kelly, and Matthew Worsham. So the Saints will start at the 35-yard line. Going to be a pass. It's caught. The, the, run, the receiver up past 35, past the 40. He will get all the way up to the 45-yard line. That will be a first down for Briarcrest. And that was the star freshman receiver I was just mentioning. Calvin Moe was actually a participant in the middle school all Under Armour All-American game last winter. Ah. So the referee, they're going to actually say he's about a half a yard short of the, short of the first down. So it will be second down and a short one for Briarcrest. Hudson Tucker at quarterback. He's going to hand it off up the middle. The running back has a first down all the way. He's still on his feet all the way down to the 50-yard line. That'll be a Briarcrest first down. Senior Fenton Williams on the carry there, moving the chains for the first down. So the Saints with the big lead, and the clock will be running. There will be shortened quarters. It'll be 10-minute quarters. It'll be first down right at the 50-yard line for Briarcrest. There's the snap. Going to throw it this time. The pass is complete. He lunges forward out to the 45 and will get almost out to the first down. He's going to be a couple of yards short, about an eight-yard gain for the Saints. Saw a gain there from Houston Walker, number 17, on the catch. Hasn't so, seen some varsity action in special teams, but a great catch for him right there, gain of seven. So it'll be second down for Briarcrest, second and in short. Hudson Tucker still in at quarterback. He is the second quarterback the Saints have used tonight. Back to pass, looking, has plenty of time. He's going to go deep, has a man. It is beautiful catch by the Saints down at the 15-yard line. That was number five, Jack Gleason. Wow, Parker. Unbelievable <laughs> catch by Jack Leeson. I was a little shocked there for a second. Went up and completely took that ball out of the hands of the defensive back for the Cardinals number three, DeAndre James. Had fantastic coverage, but Jack Gleason just made an even better catch. Okay, Briarcrest back in business. It'll be first down and 10 at the 15-yard line. There's a snap, fakes the handoff, throws the ball a little bit high that time, and it's going to fall incomplete. Yeah, that's not the receiver you want to throw it high to. That was number 21, Calvin Moe, the intended target. Only stands at about five foot three, so not the guy you want to throw it a little high to. So that'll be uh, incomplete pass. Second down and ten for Briarcrest. And some people may ask, why are you throwing the football? Well, these kids need the work. Um, that they they need the work, and so that's what the Saints are doing. Yeah, why not let the freshman quarterback throw it? And this time he hands it off, and this time Wooddale will do a pretty good job of bottling him up. Actually, an excellent job. That'll be about a one-yard gain for the Saints. Yeah, great job by the Wooddale defense. That was number 55 for the Cardinals on the tackle. Michael White, a freshman linebacker, making a big play there on the run by Fenton Williams, only a gain of two. So third down, third and long for Briarcrest. The ball is at the 14-yard line of the Saints. Let's see what they do here. Going to throw the ball back to pass. Looking, has time. He's going to throw in the end zone. Has a man. And the ball is knocked away at the very last second. Nice play that time by the Wooddale defensive back. Yeah, nice play. That was number seven. Number nine, excuse me, Martell Bradley, the safety. Great job there. It was actually number seven, Eric McNeil, playing both ways there. Making a huge play on the ball there on Houston Walker, the intended target. So Briarcrest is going to go for it here. Fourth down and nine. Ball's at the 14-yard line. And they're going to draw Wooddale offside. So that's going to make it fourth down and four for the Saints. 
A nice job by Tucker in this young offensive line, getting number 52 for the Cardinals, Jamarks Wright, a sophomore linebacker to jump off sides. So fourth and about four. Briarcrest will leave the offense on the field. Like I said, they want to give these young players some experience in a varsity game, and so they're going to leave them out there and see if they can score a touchdown. Clock is running. There's just over five minutes to go here in the third quarter. Saints leading 35 to nothing. There's a snap. Looking, has time, throwing into the end zone, has a man, but that's going to be out of bounds. And so Briarcrest will turn over on downs this time, but still a nice, impressive drive for the Saints. Yeah, great job by Hudson Tucker, the freshman quarterback, led by those two catches by Calvin Moe and then a huge catch by Jack Gleason here on this near <laughs> sideline. That was unbelievable. Yeah, Jack Gleason's catch was amazing. really one of the best catches of the year, and that's a you know young kid coming off the bench uh, and doing that. Yeah, absolutely. Only a second catch of the season, I believe, for that junior receiver making a big play. And now we're going to see this younger version of the Briarcrest defense. A lot of freshmen and sophomores out here in this lineup. Still a couple starters. Cooper Thompson, Bryant Simpson, some players who have already played some tonight. So the ball will be at the nine-yard line. Wooddale backed up just nine yards from their end zone. They will take over from there. They have four wide outs. One running back, their quarterback, Eric McNeil, takes a snap. He's going to pitch it to the man in motion, trying to get to the outside. He does, he gets a little bit of running room, but Briarcrest actually did a beautiful job, and he will be bottled up for no gain. Yeah, great tackle there from the Saints. Sophomore linebacker, Jace Sepser, making a big tackle there. Great carry there by number three, DeAndre James. So it's second down and ten for Wooddale, and once again they will – take their methodical approach, and they will get the play from the sideline. Then the quarterback, McNeil, will come back to the huddle, and he will tell his team what the play is. And then they will huddle up, and now they break the huddle. Just over three minutes to go in the third quarter. Briarcrest leading 35 to nothing. Here at Joseph Clayton Field. There's a snap. He's going to take it himself. He gets to the edge. He does make it to the edge, but he's run out of bounds after a short game that time is the quarterback, number seven, Eric McNeil. Yeah, great job there once again by McNeil on the triple option play. They've run that play a lot there where they fake the jet sweep, then fake it to the running back. And once again, the quarterback, McNeil, takes it for a short gain of about three or four. Yeah, boy, he, he actually, they, they uh, said he stepped out after not much. It looked like he gained more than he did, but uh, it's still going to be – Gets uh, third down and long. The only game again, two. Yeah, no, that was. It, it looked like more than that, but uh, but it wasn't. So third down and eight for Wooddale, and so McNeil will bark out his signals. There's a snap back to pass. Looking, he's got time now. He's going to run the ball. Tripped up a little bit. He has some running room. Oh, beautiful open field tackle that time by Briarcrest to hold him short of the first down. Yeah, fantastic open field tackle there by defensive back Brian Simpson, the sophomore, making a great play on the quarterback McNeil to force a fourth and long. So fourth down and four for Wooddale, and so back to receive this time for Briarcrest will be Calvin Mua. So he's a very talented kid. He is small, but he's he a freshman. He is small, but he's a very fast freshman, very talented. He grows some height. He's going to be a very tough kid to stop these next three years. I noticed Reed Linder tried to go out there, and the coaching staff very quickly uh, pulled him back. Saving him for next week after a fantastic night on his birthday. 
kick is away. It's kind of a wobbly kick. It's going to land at the 40-yard line, then take a Briarcrest bounce back to at the 38. So that's where Hudson Tucker and the Briarcrest Saints will take over first and 10 for Briarcrest. Yeah, Hudson Tucker going out for his third drive of the night. Had the last drive of the first half. This will be a second drive of the third quarter. We probably will see the third quarterback, Sims Anderson, later in the game as well. A sophomore. Tucker's done a great job, though, so far. Yeah, Tucker looked really, uh, I mean, looked very good on that last drive. Made a lot of nice. Uh, and he was bailed out for some excellent catches as well, but he, he made some nice throws himself. Yes, very capable quarterback, as you said. It's more out for him, these younger guys, just finding the consistency and getting into a good rhythm. He's going to hand it off this time, running up the middle. No running room that time. He'll be bottled up right at the line of scrimmage. He's going to be second and 10 from the 40. There's only about 40 seconds left to go here in the third quarter. Yeah, no gain there. And fun fact about Hudson Tucker, he's actually the son of defensive coordinator Brandon Tucker. There's a family connection there. There we go. Second down and 10 for Brian Crest. There's a snap. He's going to hand the ball off, but before the play even gets going, the referee throws a flag. There's going to be a penalty, and that will be dead ball foul. False start by the offense, so they'll back him up five yards. And I guess, Parker, it's been a pretty clean game tonight, but when you get a lot of young players in, you're going to have some of those mistakes. Yeah, I might have a few more false starts penalties, and that might be the end of the third quarter. Play clock down to about – game clock down to about seven seconds. We'll see if Tucker can get the snap off. Doesn't look like they are even going to try to get the snap off. There's three seconds, two seconds, one. You are listening to Briarcrest football here on the Mighty 990 KWAM. Briarcrest is leading 35 to nothing over Woodale, and we will take, we'll be back right after this radio break. We are back at Joseph Clayton Field here on the campus of Briarcrest Christian School. It is homecoming here at Briarcrest. My name is Josh Davis. I'm being joined by Parker May. And Parker of Saints out 35 to nothing. Let's see what they can get going here in the fourth quarter. Yeah, looking forward to see Hudson Tucker continue this drive and see if he can get his, get his touchdown here tonight. We saw Blake Clarkson get kind of the emergency start kind of tonight at quarterback and performed very well. So we are about ready to go. There's a snap back looking. He throws the ball as a man. It's caught all the way down to 40-yard line, and so he will lunge forward. That will get it back to the original line of scrimmage. Uh, just as a reminder, there was a five-yard penalty right as the quarter ended, so that's going to be about a five-yard pickup, so it'll be third down and ten for Briarcrest. Lance Bryan, the sophomore receiver, getting his first reception of the night. There is the snap. Back to pass under a tremendous amount of pressure, but it's caught by number 81. Cuts up the middle of the field. He's to the 30. He's going to lunge forward, still on his feet. Pass the 30 down the 25-yard line, still on his feet. Down to the 15. He broke about five tackles. That'll be a Briarcrest first down. Unbelievable catch that number 81. He's actually not on the roster. You're going deep into the roster when you have a player not on the roster. So deep. Either way, great <laughs> catch by that freshman. Unbelievable job by him, breaking about four tackles there. Gets it inside the red zone here for Hudson Tucker. That was a, a, not only a great catch, but just a spectacular run. This time the Saints are going to hand though. Actually, he keeps the ball, Tucker does, and he will be bottled up quickly at the line of scrimmage. That's one of those things as a freshman just got to get better at. That one probably been the better read there to hand that one off to Finn Williams there. Had a little bit of open field to his left. Wow, what a catch and run that was. By uh, If his parents and grandparents are listening, we're sorry. All we can tell you is number 81. We, he's not on the roster. Yeah, fantastic catch. Probably we'll know his up. name next week. <laughs> Absolutely. 
Back to pass, looking under pressure. Throws in the end zone as a man wide open, and that'll be caught for a Briarcrest touchdown. What a beautiful play that time by the quarterback, Hudson Tucker. He was under pressure, but Parker hit the man in stride for a touchdown. Yeah, beautiful throw from Hudson Tucker, and even better catch there for number 18, Jeremy Salisbury Jr., the freshman wide receiver there in the left corner of the end zone. His first varsity touchdown. That makes it 41 to nothing, Briarcrest. So they are, looks like Hackmeyer is going to come in to kick this time. Taylor Hackmeyer attempting his first PAT of the night. Briarcrest, as happens when you're trying to get the backup special teams members on the field, there's a bit of confusion, but they're finally ready. There is the snap, it's a little high. Gets it down, though. The kick is up. Kick looks good, and the kick is good. So with seven minutes and 45 seconds to go, Briarcrest now leads 42 to nothing. We will keep it here because we got a running clock going. Yeah, absolutely. Great job by Hudson Tucker. Very calm and composed drive. Now we'll see this younger Briarcrest defense probably get one more chance here to extend this shutout going as the Saints now lead 42 to nothing. And, Josh, we've seen them kind of take control of this game here early on. But what's the biggest thing you're looking for going into next week that you've seen tonight against this tough test? Uh, yeah, well, and of course, next week is going to be a tough one. We're going over to Stokes Stadium. I'm looking forward to going over there. But, uh, you know, the, the defense is the side of the ball that's really impressing me right now. Obviously been a good game by the, by the offense. But last week the defense was on the field the whole game. <laughs> I mean, and I'm barely exaggerating. No, you're not, that. absolutely. <laughs> Chris Moore's dominated time possession last week. Yet they only gave up 16 points, and then they come out here tonight uh, throwing a shutout. So, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm liking the way this defense is playing right now. Yeah, you have to be very proud of your team if you're Brandon Tucker these past two weeks. They did everything you asked for them last week, shutting out CBHS in that second half and getting a shutout throughout the whole game so far tonight. So Hackmeyer kicks the ball off. It's a low kick this time. Woodale will field it. Up to the 20-yard line, out past the 20. to the Oh, nice hit that time by Briarcrest at the 25-yard line to bring down the Wooddale return man. What a tackle in the kickoff coverage by number 85, Hayden Parker. That's a big hit. Huge hit there from the big freshman wide receiver. So Wooddale get some of their best field position of the night at the 25-yard line. Believe it's the, believe it's the best field position they've had since Briarcrest fumbled on the first play of the game. and. Other than that, they've been starting at the 20 pretty much every time. Yeah. So Wooddale breaks the huddle. We've got a little under six minutes to go here at Clayton Field. Brian Crest leading 42 to nothing here on homecoming. Back to pass. Throws the ball. It hit the receiver right in the hands, but he dropped it. Looked like a different quarterback that time. Looked like DeAndre James was playing quarterback. Yeah, you're exactly right, Josh. James is in there at quarterback. Not a bad pass there, just a little... Number five, James Robinson couldn't come up with that sophomore running back. Just bobbled it out of his hand. So second and ten now for the Cardinals. Just under five and a half to go here at Clayton Field. So you're looking forward to Tennessee, Florida tomorrow. Anybody, any any other game you're looking forward to? I'm looking forward to see Auburn play. It was a frustrating game for us last week against Penn State. We'll see how he bounced back against Missouri. I'm getting up in the morning and headed to Oxford, Mississippi to watch the Ole Miss Tulsa game. They'll kick off at 3 o'clock. Should be a fun one. Back to pass. Looking. Throwing, throws a short. I mean, two times in a row the exact same thing happened. The quarterback hit his receiver, I mean, right in the hands, and they dropped it both times. Yeah, you got to feel bad for the quarterback there. <laughs> back-to-back great passes, as you said, Josh. Just couldn't make a play. 
that really looks bad on your completion percentage there when you're the new quarterback and you go over two after two drop passes. He should be two for two, and both of them, the, the running back out of the backfield, had a little room that time. He could have picked up the first down. Yeah, absolutely. Definitely could have got that first down the second in completion. A little over four minutes ago, Briarcrest leading 42 to nothing. Woodell snaps the ball. They are looking to pass again. This time the quarterback, he's going to run downfield. He's going to flip it backwards. Has a man still on his feet out to the 40-yard line. And now a whole host of Briarcrest Saints will take him down. I tell you one thing about uh, number three, James. He's uh, He seems to have brought a little change of pace in for the Cardinal. Yeah, nice job there. That was actually Eric McNeil back in at quarterback on that. Oh, did he? Okay. Yeah, on the fun option yeah. play. They came out in the spread formation, acted like they were going to pass. Neil kept it once again in the keeper. Before pitching it out to James there, was on the return of that pitch and got about a 15-yard gain. So that'll be a first down for the Cardinal. The ball is spotted at the 41-yard line. Briarcrest leading 42 to nothing. There's three minutes and 40 seconds to go in the ball game. Saints with four down linemen, three linebackers, four defensive backs. There is a snap. Yeah, the original court, well, then he's going to keep it, and he's got to run the room again. He's going to get it out past the 50-yard line. He's going to be finally shoved out of bounds. This time he will be shoved out at the 43-yard line on the Wooddale side of the field. And, Parker, this is one of the few times tonight they've actually got it past the 50-yard line. Yeah, great job here by Wooddale and Eric McNeil. Back-to-back great run plays by him. So now Wooddale with the clock running, they're moving a little bit quicker. McNeil. Calling, barking out the signals. Goes back and talks to his running back. Moves his running back to one side. There's a snap. Briarcrest bringing a blitz this time. They hand it off right into that blitz. And there will be a little bit of running room. It did the ball. No, that looked like the ball almost popped out. Running back held on to it. But he will get about an eight-yard gain for the Cardinal. Great job by the freshman once again. Hayden Parker, second tackle tonight. Almost getting a fumble out of that. Second and short here, about three or four yards. So, Wooddale will line up again. Eric McNeil back in at quarterback, has three wideouts to his left, one wideout to his right. Briarcrest showing blitz again. They bring it. Ball is almost batted down, but it's caught by Wooddale. He's uh, running up the field, the 25, still on his feet, down about the 20-yard line. That is number three, DeAndre James. And now, all of a sudden, Wooddale has a little something going here. Yeah, very promising drive here for Wooddale. They're trying to get a little bit of momentum into their game next because they'll host Ridgeway next week. So Wooddale will take on Ridgeway. Brian, we'll be playing real right. Well, I, I guess we're playing at Wood. Are they going over to Ridgeway? Or no, they're, they're the home team next week. Okay. Thought we were going to be next-door neighbors. Anyway, there goes the quarterback around the edge. He's going to take it all the way in the end zone for a Wooddale touchdown, and that will make the score Briarcrest 42, Wooddale 6, with about a minute 40 to go in the ballgame. Great job once again. Eric Manila's third huge run of that drive. So a lot of promise at the quarterback position for them. Only a sophomore for Wooddale, very young team. Bright future for Eric McNeil potentially at the quarterback position for the Wooddale Cardinals. So with uh, just a little over a minute to go, they are going to line up and go for two. McNeil, who's uh, kind of found new life here in the fourth quarter, is going to take a snap. He's going to fake the handoff, going to keep it. He's going to break a tackle, almost fumble the ball. He's going to be hit, and he will not. He actually fumbles it, and Briarcrest falls on it, but it will be short. So the two-point conversion is no good. So the score will remain Briarcrest 42, Wooddale 6. Yeah, great job there. That was number 81 once again that we're just talking about making the huge force fumble. 
And then number 85, Hayden Parker with the fumble recovery there at the one-yard line. So you being an Auburn fan, there's a lot of chatter this week out on the Internet about uh, Deion Sanders <laughs> being the next coach of the Auburn Tigers. Yeah, well, that would be entertaining, Just I don't <laughs> see that as a likely scenario. I've seen the huge freeze rumor as well, the Briarcrest former head coach. That would be a lot of fun. But Deion Sanders, is, that seems a little far-fetched for me. He has done a magnificent job over Jackson State. I, when they hired him, I really kind of rolled my eyes a little bit, thought that was kind of a stunt. But he has actually done a fantastic job. I agree with you. Going from, though, from Jackson State to Auburn, that's, uh, that's quite – you need to, you need a little intermediate yeah. job in between. It's a big jump, but I yeah. do expect him to make the jump to the FBS level pretty soon. And yeah. that will actually be the end of the ball game here. Briarcrest will take this victory 42-6, to improving their record to 3-3 three and three before heading into a huge region text next week. Over at MUS. Yeah, so Parker, yeah, give us your final thoughts. Uh, Briarcrest gets the big win. What do they need to do next week to get a victory against MUS? First of all, got to get your quarterback, Cade Carlson, healthy. Although Blake Clarkson looked fantastic, not him and Reed Leonard, my players of the game, both fantastic performances. Reed Leonard couldn't have pictured a better night here on homecoming for him. His birthday picks up three touchdowns, gets a school record. Very fun night for him. But overall, for Coach Stewart, great team win. Just kind of building momentum for next week. So the final here at Joseph Clayton Field is Briarcrest 42, Wooddale 6. You've been listening to Briarcrest football. My name is Josh Davis. My partner is Parker May, and we're going to kick it back to the KWAM studios and Josh Rivera. From the mighty 990 Broadcast Center, it's the EPM Appraisals postgame show. EPM Appraisals, evaluating property in the Mid-South. Here's Josh Rivera. Big win for Briarcrest, 42-6 against Wooddale. And it was an easy game for them. You know, they, they had to run the clock a little bit short. Uh, so it was a fairly quicker game than we're used to. Uh, so definitely happy for Briarcrest. They're improving their record to 3-3. Three and three. This is the post-game show here in the Mighty 99 Studios. The post-game show evaluated or sponsored by EPM Appraisals. Uh, this is EPM Appraisals evaluating property in the Mid-South. And I want to talk to Parker. I'm going to go back to Joseph Clayton Field, actually, where Parker is with me. And Parker... Uh, I know you're at the game. You did a great job calling it with Josh, and I had a couple questions for you. And we'll start with number one. You know, it's easy win for Briarcrest, uh, but in your perspective, what can the Saints learn from this game ahead of their match next week versus MUS? I think for me, the biggest thing you got to build on for next week, Josh, is continue to be better at tackling. We saw a bunch of missed tackles there, and credit to Wooddale's quarterback Eric McNeil made a lot of missed tackles there for the Saints. I feel like that's one thing you got to build on. And MUS is a much better team. It's a talented offense that they've had. They struggled a couple weeks earlier against Germantown, but Germantown's a great team. And I think for, again, for Brandon Tucker, the defensive coordinator, a lot of better tackling next week against MUS, which will be a very tough test for us in region play. Yeah, and 3-3, three and three, I mean, that's not the start that uh, Briarcrest was hoping for, as we all know. But what, in your terms, does a successful season look like for them at this point? Well, I feel like you've had a couple of rough starts, as you said, but get some momentum, get hot at the right time, make it, make it run late in the season hopefully get back in the playoffs and make a deep run. I think that's still possible for this scene. Yeah, I mean, and, and like you just said, they have you know some playoff hopes still. What are some things for them to improve on uh, to make some sort of playoff run? Um, looking on the offensive side of the ball, you got to get more rhythm going. And it doesn't help that Cade Carlson's out tonight with a back injury, but getting him back next week, finding more rhythm on offense, getting getting your special teams issues figured out, I think that was fixed tonight. So getting that offense back in rhythm, get them in sync with their receivers, and that can be a big step in the right direction for the Saints getting the right direction going back into the playoffs. Yeah, last question, and it's homecoming night over there uh, at Briarcrest. What's been the energy over there? 
Oh, it's been a fun week. A lot of momentum going into this week, even after the tough loss to Christian Bowers. But seeing the school really come together for this great win, it was really fun to see, Josh. Well, thank you, uh, Parker. I want to thank you for, for you know doing the play-by-play. You guys do a great job over there in Broadcrest. Uh, and we'll see you next week. Absolutely. Thank you. Of course, and we're going to jump into some scores. Uh, again, we're going to finish with Briarcrest and Wooddale, 42-6. to Pretty fast game, and I know that's exactly what Briarcrest wanted. They wanted to have some momentum against, uh, you know, heading into their next game against MUS. And some scores that are coming in right now uh, in the Memphis area, Haywood and Melrose. Right now, Haywood is up against Melrose, 35-14. to And keep in mind, a lot of these scores are still really early because we're ending uh, the you know the the game for breakfast has ended significantly earlier than we usually do about almost an hour pretty much so some of these scores are still not fully in some of these scores are still really really low uh, just keep that in mind as we go on Central and Southwind right now Southwind is up fourteen to zero against Central uh, Collierville is up against Whitehaven nineteen to seven and Collierville is obviously looking to improve uh, their undefeated record and they're up. Uh, right now against Whitehaven. Bartlett and White Station. Bartlett, it looks like they're going to run away with this one against uh, uh, White Station. 47-7 to currently. Fate Academy and Clarksville. Clarksville taking the lead 28-14. to And then you have Richland and FACS. FACS losing right now 14-27. Uh, to MUS, you know, they're getting ready to have a big matchup against Briarcrest. And they're up against Ridgeway 35-0. to It's homecoming for them too tonight. MUS looking to give their coach their, his 200th win uh, of the season tonight. Lausanne and Humboldt right now. Again, Lausanne running away with it 42-7 to right now. Uh, so it should be a runaway with that one for the Lynx. Craigmont and Bolivar. Again, this is a Craigmont team that's actually undefeated still. Looks like they're going to improve to 6-0 and as they're currently up against Bolivar 21-0. to And then looking at Olive Branch and DeSoto Central, it's halftime over there. Uh, uh, Olive Branch taking the lead at the halftime 24-21. to against DeSoto Central. Okay, this is a game that I'm really happy to, to, to report on. I love a close game, and especially when it's two really good teams. Germantown and Houston. Again, this is a Germantown team that's currently undefeated, but they're down right now to Houston, who's 4-1 and one actually. And this would be a really big win for both of these programs, especially for Houston, who's really looking to get uh, improve their record to 5-1. and one. But right now, at halftime, uh, Germantown and Houston... 10 to 14. Houston is leading against Germantown, although it is still a close game. Plenty of football le- left to go. But you heard me right. Right now, Houston is leading against Germantown, and I believe, I believe this is the first time that Germantown has been down at any point in the season. This, you know, Germantown is actually this is the first time that Germantown is is close to losing their first game in the season. Um, but again, there is plenty of football left in that game. ECS and Booker T. Washington, 21 to 0. ECS taking that lead. Um, Millington and North Point right now North Point taking that lead 14 to 7 and then you have Hamilton and Douglas right now Hamilton winning that game currently 22 to 0 jumping into some Mississippi games South Panola and Hernando South Panola 14 to 0 South Haven against Center Hill 6 to 3 and then we're going to round out the last two games with Christian Brothers and Pure Academy actually tied right now 7 to 7 and then Tipton Rosemark and Trinity Christian Academy uh, right now, Trinity Christian is leading Tipton Rosemark 24-6. to And guys, when we come back, uh, we're going to go into a commercial break. When we come back, I definitely want to get into an interview with Phil Glassies associated with the Highland 100. He's going to talk to me about some Tiger football. They have a really big game tomorrow against North Texas back at the Liberty Bowl. We're going to get all his thoughts on Tigers, uh, all of that to come with the Highland 100 uh, when we come back with this break. Now, back to the EPM Appraisals Postgame Show with Josh Rivera. 
Welcome back to the post-game show here at the Mighty 990 Studios. This is the post-game show sponsored by EPM Appraisals. EPM Appraisals evaluating property in the Mid-South. And right now on the phone with me, we have Phil Glass, who I'm really excited to talk about. We're going to talk about some Tiger football. We're going to talk about the association he's, he's associated with, the Highland 100. And then, Phil, thank you for joining the show. Hey, thank you for having me, Josh. Yeah, and, you know, the Tigers, they're going to have a big game against North Texas tomorrow. And the first question that I want to ask you is, uh, first of all, uh, how excited are you? Uh, there's a second game back at home. Uh, what has the energy been like at Liberty Bowl? Uh, well, again, uh, it, it has been an exciting season. You know, we did start off with a loss against Mississippi State, but, you know, uh, it's a couple new coaches on both sides of the ball, you know, fairly young team, but you're starting to see them gel come together. Uh, you know, they really showed up last week against Arkansas State, and the energy for anybody who's there can just tell you. Uh, and it's been, it reminded me of the 2019 season, uh, like our last game against the SMU uh, for the conference championship, or Cincinnati for the conference championship. Uh, and it was, uh, I coach Stiffield even credited the fans. Uh, we were going to the last few minutes of that game. Uh, Arkansas State was going to have an opportunity to potentially come back and take a lead on us. And the fans got so loud that they disrupted Arkansas's ability to call plays. Uh, they made some mistakes, turned the ball over. And, you know, I actually was down on the field at that point. And it was just, uh, it was amazing. You know, Arkansas State the week before played Ohio State. And Butch Jones even stated that it was not that loud at Ohio State. So that wow. says something about the fan base and the energy that is there right now. And I just look forward to that continuing for the rest of the season. Yeah, and I know Ohio State actually has one of the biggest stadiums in college football. But right now, Memphis 2-1 and one in their record. They're hoping they would jump to a 3-1 and one start. What are your keys for Memphis to improve on for the rest of the season and rack up those wins? Uh, you know, I think it's just a team just continuing to be patient, coming together. They're getting to know each other, uh, you know, having confidence in the new schemes they're running on both sides of the ball. Uh, you know, I mean, there's not a, a, a game that we have in front of us that we take lightly, but... You know, I've been out to several of the practices. Uh, you know, the, the players are working hard. Uh, I think as long as they keep that focus, uh, don't get down uh, when they do make mistakes. We, we've got another great team, uh, you know, led by Seth Hennigan uh, as quarterback and, and just some, some other key players that are coming along. Uh, so, you know, we, we have a chance to finish out this season. Uh, I don't think there's a game in front of us that we can't legitimately win, but none of them are easy. That's right, and actually, I want to talk about a little bit of what happened last week. There was a ticket situ- situation in the stadium. You know, I had to deal with online tickets. What happened, and can you, what can you tell fans that are wanting to go to the game tomorrow? Uh, I think the key to it, I think anybody, if you step back and listen to anybody that was there, uh, didn't try to go in like last minute, anybody that was there early at all had no issues at all. You know, uh, Memphis is actually one of the last programs, though, in our conference uh, that had gone completely to digital ticketing uh you know several reasons behind it but times are changing and i think a lot of people are just panicking for something being something new uh but for anybody that had downloaded their tickets ahead of time uh didn't have any problem at all uh you know uh the most people had issues were ones that were trying to download them as they were trying to go in the gate and uh you know that created a, a little bit of backup but I, I know the university has, you know, uh, even implemented some new things this week to try to even make it an even smoother transition uh, as we move forward with it. They knew there was going to be hiccups uh, the first few games. But I think overall, uh, 
it, it wasn't as bad as people perceived it was going to be. Yeah, and so fans, you got to keep in mind, get those tickets, get out there early, don't wait to the last minute, and there'll be no issues. And last thing I want to talk to you about, look, I, I talked to Sh- Dr. Sherry Hopper, Chet, they're good friends of mine on the show as well. And, uh, you know, I, I heard you guys know how to throw a tailgate party. Tell me about your tailgate tent. Uh, I, it, it's just, uh, you know, we, we tailgate with folks like, like Chet and Sherry, you know, great friends. As, you know, I think most Memphis fans are, uh, you know, we call ourselves family. We're there to support our Tigers. We, we know how to have a good time, a cut up, carry on with each other. And, uh, you know, uh, and not just our tailgate tent, but, but, but everybody's, you know, I do dress up. Most fans know me as the ultimate tiger dressing up in my uh, Scottish warrior outfit and support my tigers. But, uh, you know, we, we just let our fandom, uh, not just me, but all of us just shine through, have a good time, uh, love on our players, the coaches and our family. And, and, you know, that's what it's all about when we, when we show up on game day. I love that. And I'm excited, you know, hopefully you could talk to you for the rest of the season and, and get your thoughts on how the tigers are going. Uh, for the rest Absolutely. of the season. Yeah, for sure. Phil, thank you for joining the show. And, you know, go Tigers, go, of course. Go go Tigers. That's right. All right, guys. Uh, that was my conversation with uh, Phil Glass. He's part of the Highland 100, and they're really proud fans, loyal fans, uh, uh, to the Memphis Tigers football program. When we come back, I'm going to recap some scores. Uh, I definitely want to give you some updated uh, scores that are coming in as, as the night is going on. Also, we have a couple Memphian, uh, you know, so a couple of University of Memphis Tigers student athletes that were just inducted into the Memphis uh, Sports Hall of Fame. I'll get into all that when we come back with these with this break. Your exclusive source for high school sports coverage in the Mid-South, the Mighty 990. Now, back to the EPM Appraisals post-game show with Josh Rivera. Some scores coming in. I definitely want to talk about this game. I talked about how Houston and Germantown, that's the game to look for for your number one rankings. I know Germantown has been in a lot of people's number one rankings, and currently they're down to Houston. You're looking at a Houston team that's 4-1, and one, and they're looking to jump to 5-1, and one, and that would be a huge win if they can pull this off. It's still close, but it is 28-17. Germantown is down against Houston uh, in the late in the second half. So, uh, again, again, a really exciting team. I talked about both of these teams with John Varlis. I talked about this also with uh, Matt Infield, both uh, local reporters for high school football, and they were both telling me that these are two programs, especially Germantown, that have had quite the start, quite an impressive season so far. And if Houston pulls this out, you got to start thinking, is Houston a top three football team? And I think they could be uh, uh, in Memphis for sure. And I actually talked about my rankings in the halftime show. I'm, I'm going to go brief through them real quick and, uh, and just skim through them. Number 10 was MUS. And of course, they're playing really well against Ridgeway, 35-0 to zero currently. Bartlett, uh, again, They've been playing really well tonight. They were my number nine team, and they they're up against White Station, forty-seven to seven. Southwind, uh, they're number eight. Melrose, again, an undefeated team, but it looks like they're going to drop this game. Currently, that they're playing, they're playing Haywood, and they're down thirty-five to fourteen. Number six is Covington. They have a bye week. We'll see them next week. Collierville, again, an undefeated team. Looks like they're going to continue to be undefeated if they pull this off against Whitehaven. They're up nineteen to seventeen. Uh, and again, this is a Collierville team that has had really easy victories. Uh, Whitehaven might be their toughest challenge yet, but that doesn't really say much because Whitehaven's two and three, and the rest of uh, Collierville's wins have been fairly, fairly easy. And then Houston, again, I, they're number four in my rankings. But if they win against Germantown, you know, I got to move Germantown out of that number one spot. I'll get into Germantown in just a bit. Lausanne, they're number three, and they're running away against Humboldt, forty-two to seven, right now. And then Mumford, they're undefeated as well. 
and they are also in my number two spot. And again, jumping into Germantown, they're number one right now. But if they lose this game, I got to say, I don't know if I can keep them there for long. Mumford might have to jump in that spot as well. Lausanne has something to say about that. And of course, Houston also has something to say about that. When we come back, again, I want to talk about that story about the Memphis induction Hall of Fame of those Memphis athletes that played for University of Memphis. We'll get into all that great story uh, coming out of the sports world. And we'll get onto that when we get back with this final break. Now, back to the EPM Appraisals Postgame Show with Josh Rivera. Welcome back to the postgame show here in the Mighty 990 Studios. This is a postgame show sponsored by EPM Appraisals. EPM Appraisals, evaluating property in the Mid-South. And I just went through all the scores in the Memphis area. Uh, uh, definitely want to catch you up on some other news that's going on around in Memphis sports. And uh, exciting news for 10 Tigers that were actually named to the 2022 Memphis Sports Hall of Fame class. We have 10 of them. Uh, as I just said, and then that includes names like Gene Bartow, who used to be a former men's basketball coach, baseball and football player John Bramlett, former women's basketball coach Mary Lou Johns, baseball player Charlie Lay, former football coach Billy J. Murphy, Tom Nix, who used to play football, men's basketball player Elliot Perry, woman who used to, his nickname used to be Socks, actually, it was a funny story, women's basketball player Linda Street, volleyball player Barbara Whitaker, and football player, and we all know him, D'Angelo Williams, well-deserved, all 10 of them, to be earning this prestigious honor. You know, the 27-person class will be formally inducted during a ceremony uh, at 7 p.m. on October 20th at the Renaissance Convention Center. So really big names joining this Hall of Fame class, uh, and I definitely am excited uh, for for the next couple of years where we get some other names coming in uh, around Memphis. And this has been the pregame or the, for the postgame show. Uh, and again, I, I want to thank you. Uh, thank you for listening to the show. I'm going to finish out and round out with some scores right now that are coming in. Briarcrest, of course, beating Wooddale 42 to six. Uh, we have a, a Haywood and a Melrose matchup right now. Haywood up 35 to 14. Southwind up against Central 14 to zero. We also have a Collierville and Whitehaven 19 to seven. Bartlett and White Station 47 to seven. We also have MUS leading against uh, Ridgeway 35 to seven. Only three minutes left in that game. Also, close game. I'll give you an update on Germantown and and Houston. Germantown answering with a big pass. Mustang still leading 28 to 24 with three minutes left in the third quarter. Again, this is a really big game. It's going to really determine who gets those top seedings uh, in the Memphis area uh, for sure. And then also we have. Uh, we have Bartlett leading against White Station, 47-21 uh, right now. But guys, this has been the post-game show. I definitely want to thank our sponsors. I want to thank our spo- all of our sponsors, uh, Magnolia Homes, Peer Financial Advisors, and the post-game sponsor, EPM Appraisals. Uh, EPM Appraisals, evaluating property in the Mid-South. I'm excited for next week as we're on the road. We're going to be playing a really good team out there in MUS. Uh, excited for that game as Josh Davis and Parker May are going to do uh, that play-by-play coverage. Guys, this has been the Mighty 990 live coverage.